Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S5E18. Oh, what hard luck stories they all hand me. <laughs> what a how, wonderful title. How would Holbrook say that? You know, Holbrook, he's back in this episode. He's he's a little growly. He's not using his normal voice, but he'd probably say it something like, oh, what hard luck stories they all hand me. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, this is episode was written and directed by Joseph Doherty. Uh, this one's in color. Uh, this is a great episode. This is a great episode. And I think it's at least partly attributed to the fact that he did write and direct it. I think when the writers direct their own episodes, they just, they can do more, you know, they can, mm. they know what they're going for. You can get more nonverbal. It's not, you're not relying on somebody else to interpret it, you know? Yeah, they can write much more clearly towards the visual they have in mind. There are so many scenes that end like completely non-verbally. It's really funny. Well, it's a lot of PLL though, especially... No, no, there's very specific moments like Three of the Liars where they they get to a point in the conversation where they like they have nothing left to say. Oh, yeah, so they yeah. just awkwardly drift away. Yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, I mean, like the show does that a lot. I mean, hence the maestro's mm-hmm. move of Hannah Face. There is the Hannah face of all Hannah faces in this episode. Yeah. Um, there's a moment where I think all the liars are attempting their own Hannah face. <laughs> so anyways, we open up. It's daytime. We're outside the Ruin de Brew. It's Saturday. Uh, I'm going to assume that if... How do you oh, know it's Saturday? Because they say it's Saturday. Do they? Okay. Several times over the course of the episode. I'm going to assume that if the last episode was the start of the week, this is probably the end of the same week. But uh, Emily, uh, Spencer, and Ari are, are hanging out, looking at a stack of the books on, on, on the stand outside of the, the thing outside. As I said to you when we watched this, the other bookstore must hate Ezra's fucking guts. They're like, first you, you did the book stuff inside. Now you're doing like the books outside on a sunny day. You're just stepping all over our, our market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With your Clive Cust or not Clive Cust, sorry, Clive Barker books and your uh, Joanna Fleek books, your, your double fudge brownie murders, uh, and the time traveler's wife, which I, I feel like I can go on record as saying I've I've at least spotted that. Uh, so Emily asks if Toby has told Spencer if it's human remains in that barrel. Spencer's like kind of like not wanting to address this just yet. No, they, ha- they don't know yet, and even if they did, he probably wouldn't tell me. So Arya picks up on that. Well, this she- seems to concern Arya. Like for once, she's paying attention. Well, she's basically just asking, like, is Spoby okay? Um, and Spencer, oh, the world, the world weary uh, mm-hmm. general herself is just like, we are some distance removed from okay. World weary Spencer is the best Spencer. Yeah. yeah. Also, I could be wrong, but she has like a little pendant around her neck. I'm pretty sure it has her initials on it hmm. uh, with like the H in the middle. It's like monogram style. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so Emily's just kind of go to, here we go. And Spencer says, you know, I know why he joined the police force. I encouraged him after I laughed in his face. He's the most honorable person that I know. And it's like, now this is tearing him apart. I'm tearing him apart. But All it's right, like, hold, hold up for a sec. Most yeah. honorable, like since when? Since well, who? In this town? Probably. Well, you remember back in, uh, in 3A, there was like, you know, the build up to, uh, Toby's betrayal. Mm-hmm. There, there was all this talk of like what a great guy Toby was and how he, how he's so trusting and loyal, and then it was just like boom, he's a. Are is this a similar thing? I well, mean, they're they're whistling past a graveyard here. He's so honorable. What did Allison say in season four finale? Like, I know what you see in him, Spencer. When Toby says something, you can believe him or whatever. I think she also uh, said he's not a bad guy. 
He's just too romantic. Well, like, I always interpreted Allison's comment to mean, like, the thing about Toby is, he's got no guile. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just imagine, though, Toby dresses a samurai, like, walking around in a kimono, like, like scarfing down antacids, because this is tearing him apart. Uh, Ari and Emily, like, shared this kind of, like, who Why is he in a kimono? Just because? because or He's a samurai. Okay. Because <laughs> he's honorable? He's an honorable samurai geisha. Okay. Uh, so Ari and Emily like share this kind of who boy exhale look. Uh, Ari is wearing a <laughs> cheetah print dress with a Wendigo tooth on Aria, a necklace. Aria looks like like a mob floozy, basically. <laughs> she just needs like she needs that Camp Mona like super hair. Well, because her, her leopard print dress that she has on it, uh, it's like sheer at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it half looks like it might be a bathrobe or like a nighty. <laughs> Yeah, like it looks like the thinnest possible. Yeah, material. and and then Emily, of course, has this like very kind of revealing tank top on, letting everyone know what color her bra is. There, she uh, she's at work, of course. If she's not showing what her bra, she's showing her boobs in some way. Yeah. Um, she also has her apron on, so I guess this is her working. Yeah, that's her working with uh, uh, like bra straps full on display. BTW, all these books on the table outside are half off. Uh, Arya looks over in the direction of the police station and just sees something and is like, is that your mom? Yeah, Spencer looks over and uh, yeah, there's Veronica talking to some people in suits. A neat long shot. Like uh, a lot of this whole scene's like about perspectives, I think, you know, like yeah. in the, the different shots we get. And Spencer's just like, yeah, that's her. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks, Spence. And they just watch. And he's like, lawyers working on a Saturday? That's serious. Mm-hmm. And Spencer says, my mom says you get more with a smile than with a subpoena. Which I wonder, does is that how Veronica operates as a lawyer? Is that something she tells Spencer to try to get Spencer to lighten up? Because Spencer's just like like walking around handing out subpoenas. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let me put it in language you might understand, Spencer. Yeah. Uh, Arya asks, like, you know, what is it that Veronica's trying to get from these people? And Spencer's like, those two are Allie's defense team. My mom was a paid strategic consultant. No and conflict Emily, of interest there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, uh, your mom is helping Allison's defense. And Spencer's like, no, not helping. Just consulting. She'll get more out of them than they'll get out of her. Which, like, man, now I want to be a consultant. I know. <laughs> I, from from what I hear, consulting's where it's at. You get paid a lot of money. You have no responsibility at all. Uh, in case anyone's wondering, we are for hire for consulting purposes. Mm-hmm. For whatever. Whatever. Actual bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arya asks, you know, why is Veronica even doing this at all? And Spencer says, because Veronica wants to know what they know. And Arya's just like, such ass. <laughs> and he says, such ass, he gets called to testify. And Spencer's like, yeah. And Bingo. She's watching her mom and she sees one of Allie's uh, lawyers like takes like this kind of like ledger like case file out of their bag hands it to Veronica who puts it in her bag and then a bell starts to toll and Spencer looks over from her mom to uh, like the church area and we see the badass Hannah Merritt is like strutting along yeah but I feel like like everyone who's a Spencer fan who gets this show gets Spencer is just like hashtag opportunistic klepto like Spencer's <laughs> gonna get in that bag somehow yeah but yeah so you just start your watch how long is it gonna take for Spencer to get at that file Hannah is walking around see this is my favorite Hannah strut it's like that walking where you can just tell like Katrina in the waves walking on sunshine is playing <laughs> in her head well she's got the knee-high black leather boots on a oh. uh, short crimson skirt and like a black top mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know exactly what they're doing with Ashley Benson this season, if it's like a hair thing or a makeup thing, but like every episode, it's like, damn, she somehow got more hot. Yeah, she looks amazing. She's almost kind of stolen a little bit from Arya's wardrobe and is wearing it even better. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's got also like an Admiral's rank and bling stones on her shoulder. Indeed, Admiral Hannah. Uh-huh. Uh, and so Spencer sees this and she's like, wish me luck. Uh, and the other two say good luck. And Spencer, they say, luck. Yeah. And they, but they look very doubtful as Spencer walks over to Hannah. Spencer's got to uh, do some patching up. And meanwhile, Arya turns to Emily and she's like, Ezra in there? And Emily says, no, he's in Harrisburg for the weekend. And Arya's like, oh. And Emily's like, you didn't know? And Arya says, no, no, I, I knew. I, I just forgot. And Emily's like, you forgot or he forgot to tell you? It's like, look at you, I'm getting all up in Arya shit for once. Well, This is like payback that. for having to listen to all that Ezra bullshit. Yeah, what I like, though, is that as soon as Spencer leaves, Arya makes sure to like go inhabit the physical space that Spencer previously was, was in. Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, he can watch her like nervously stacking and restacking those books as she tries to verbally moonwalk out of that. Yeah, and she's like, I forgot. Uh, sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I mean, does that mean Ezra's just like, fuck this, I'm getting out of town? Yeah, what, like, coffee shop-related excuse is he going to Harrisburg for? Well, you know you know what's great about this episode, too? Hmm. Uh, we subtract Ezra and Toby, and we add some Mona. Yeah, this is a Mona that's, episode, that's, folks. That is an equation we can all get behind. I am going to go on limit now before we even get to those scenes. Say, this is actually, I think... Janelle Parrish's greatest performance. Oh, I can't wait to get to that scene. This have, is the one that I, I have would many thoughts for the for the Emmy nomination. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Spencer walks up to where Hannah is, and she's just like, "Just give me two minutes, please. I have to try and fix this." And Hannah's like, "There's nothing to fix." And like deflating, Spencer's like, <laughs> "Don't say that." And Hannah's like, "Spence, you were right." And Spencer's like, "I was." <laughs> that never happens. And yeah. Hannah says, "Yeah, I thought about it, and I thought about it in the tub for so long, my fingers started to look like prunes." It was a bad idea trying to get that stuff out of the storage space. I panicked. Spencer's like, yeah, panic's a bitch. And it's like, uh, I just hope I didn't make things incredibly worse. And Spencer takes Hannah's hand and she looks at her fingers and she says, you're not pruning anymore. And Hannah smirks and she's like, I moisturized. I feel like what, let's say real quick. I feel like what Hannah should have said here is like, hey, it was unfair of me to attack you for your douchey boyfriend's actions. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying, Hannah. You're wonderful and all of it. Hannah should be like, look, I know that you're just as clueless as to what that blockhead cop boyfriend of yours. Spencer's like, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. You've met Toby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like to point out that I believe Hannah's the only one who ever really brings it up. She at no point refers to it as a bin. Hmm. Yeah. She always it's says not a bin. space. <laughs> um, so in front of the brew, Hannah and Spencer. Oh, like, that, that reminds me. Uh, we got a comment. I believe it was from Jill. Uh, da, 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 da. Jill yeah, uh, Jill says that uh, she lives on the East Coast. She's never heard of anything re- storage unit referred to as a bin, so nobody knows what's up with that. I guess they really liked sin, and they're like something's gonna rhyme with that. Exactly. Um. So in front of the brew, Hannah Spencer rejoined Emily and Aria, and like they're kind of like, Ooh, "How bad is it, guys?" Or whatever. But like the table is kind of between the two sides. There's like a Aria here to the, to the doppelgangers. Yeah, Arya is just like, hey, we good? <laughs> Arya is such a sourpuss in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's just like, you patch things up with my Tulpa? Because, you know, we got other shit to worry about right now. Yeah. And, and so Spencer's like, like, we're yeah, good. We're good. 
nice little smile from Hannah there. And, and then Emily now looks past Spencer and frowns. She's like, maybe not so good. And they look over at the police station. We see Holbrook. He's getting out of his Crown Vic right in front of the place. He looks like just ever so slightly disheveled here. Like, like there's something about the way he moves, the way he walks. Like his suit that he's wearing that makes it make seems like it's not totally ironed. Mm-hmm. And he's walking, and his hair is like a little messy. Like maybe he was drunk or something. I don't know. It's it's Whoa. very subtle, but there there's something seems off about him. It'll be a few scenes away, but we're going to talk about that haircut. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think he's he's maybe drunk, but maybe also just rocking like stage eleven pedo swag. Um, yeah. And Arya, well, remember how <laughs> that Toby, haircut that that is the JBF do he's rocking there. Yeah. Remember how Toby parked the, like the one way in front of the police station? Like was it last episode? Like so other people could park alongside. <laughs> Over goes sideways. Fuck all of you. I'm taking four spaces. Um. Yeah, and Arya and her voiceover is just like, my God, it's Holbrook and a new haircut. Um, so Spencer's just like so much for family emergency. Also, Holbrook's not in the fucking barrel. Yeah. Uh, and so Hannah's like, what is Holbrook doing back here after all this time? So we see Holbrook kind of walk past Allison's lawyers and Veronica. Then he kind of stops to linger to talk to Veronica. Like, the girls are going to talk over this. The, the body language between Holbrook and Veronica, I would have killed to hear this conversation. I just want Veronica to just be like, Jesus, Holbrook, take a shower. We can smell well, that. Well, I, I feel like she probably said something as benign as like, oh, good morning. And he's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck does that mean? Well, he has this just I'm trying to think the the word to describe his expression. Just very kind of like, I don't know, standoffish, you know, when he leaves, when he walks away from her, I'm almost positive that he says to her like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck off. Mm hmm. Like, that's, that's the hand gesture he gives her. And then um, she screams after him, well, at least I still don't smell like semen. Whoa. I'm just saying, look at that guy's hair. <laughs> he's almost he's almost got the Cameron Diaz from There's Something About Mary. If he had more hair. Uh, so Arya's just like, Allie probably wants him torturing us in close range. And Spencer's like, forget about torture. She wants to take us down with her. And then he's like, he was doing such a good job. Why bring him out in the open? Spence? And Spencer looks at her like, how the fuck should I know? And then that, Allow that me looks- to propose an alternate theory. Okay. He works here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's not, you know, appearing at the police station on orders from Allie to, like, be more public in his torturing. But maybe he's at the police station because he works there. He's just like, I'm here to pick up my check. Yeah. Um, but Spencer gives us this look like, how the fuck should I know? Which quickly devolves into, like, oh, shit, I don't know. And then they all kind of make Hannah face. I like how Emily's just like, Spence, like, come on, you yeah. know, don't you? <laughs> Spell it out for us. Spencer's like, what uh, the fuck should I know? Yeah, after the credits, we're inside the brew now. Um, Arya's just like, why bring Holbrook out in the open like that? Nice, like, <laughs> kind of spin around all four of the liars, like, in a horseshoe shape. Yeah, Emily's, I like the way the camera pans to each of them in turn. Emily suggests that Holbrook is there to scare them without having to do anything. And Spencer's like, well, that's pretty passive-aggressive. And Hannah's like, an A is aggressive-aggressive. Or he went to his job because he's a policeman. <laughs> and Arya's... Go ahead. I say, Arya says, well, Allie probably wants people inside that building for the same reason your mom's making chummy with Allie's lawyers. Uh, so they're they're just like, whatever reality they need to distort to assume that Holbrook is still working for Allie, they're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Allie's like, listen, Holbrook, listen, Gabe, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go serve and protect mm-hmm. and get paid for it. 
Um, so as they talk, Emily's like looking over, like watching Talia working through the open kitchen door, like doing inventory, whatever. And Spencer's just like inside information. Emily says basically like BRB heads over to Talia. And Spencer's like, guys, Allie's going to be tried and she's going to be convicted. Uh, which maybe is wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. And Ari says, the closer we get to trial, the more desperate she's going to get. And Hannah's like, yeah, and the more dangerous. These guys are really just spinning each other up. Mm-hmm. And then Hannah's phone rings. She's like, it's Caleb. She takes off and Spencer looks over and she sees that Johnny asshole. Uh, he's carrying like a crate of like some tools and some junk in like the back door of the brew here. Uh, and he, he sits down on the stairs like a screwdriver in his mouth. And Spencer's just kind of like staring at this. And then <laughs> it's funny. She looks back at Arya like, oh, did you say something? Like that's what her face says, you know, like I, I took from it initially that she's looking back at Arya like, like recenter me. Mm-hmm. Start talking about Ezra or something. So I have at least reason to not walk over there. Um, but anyway, over there, Johnny's like taking apart some speaker. Spencer walks over. I have never been more okay with a Spencer has an evil twin theory than the idea that that's who's actually seeking out conversation with Johnny on the regular. Well, look what happened to her boyfriend. I mean, yeah, I guess she's just looking for some kind of conversation. So they say, Hey, Spencer's just like looking at all this junk and she's like, you moving in? He's like, no, I'm still at the barn. So Spencer asks what all this is. and The way she says it, she's like, so what's all this then? Like, immediately interrogating him. Yeah. Johnny says that Ezra liked what Johnny did at the opening, which baffles me, and asked if he could, what else he could come up with. So Johnny told Ezra he'd give him something that no one else had. Spencer kind of woes at Johnny's $200 commission, which is... Well, she's like, a commission? Like, totally condescending. I would uh, not get out of bed for $200, folks. I'd probably get out of bed for $200. I mean, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Um... Uh, <laughs> This dude, he stenciled some letters on a sign. It's not exactly like a major production. Like Ezra, Artiste. like saw Ezra saw these like letters on a sign, and it's just like, hey Johnny, what can you do with two hundred bucks? Ezra's like, <laughs> he's like two hundred dollars. That's like twenty hand jobs in hobo currency. <laughs> oh, you mean art? Um, never mind. <laughs> Ezra's like Johnny. I like your brave intersection of juxtapositions because you wrote poetry and adventure right next to each other what else can you do sir um so she asked what's gonna be and johnny like a real jerk is just like well the only way to find out is for you to help me build it and she's like really i'm kind of busy i don't have any time right now <laughs> also fuck you just tell me and he's like hmm i guess i'll never know what it is and she just stares at him like are you fucking kidding me I, did you just say that to spencer fucking hastings and hannah comes over to save her and she's like spencer we have to talk spencer's like oh okay so Hannah kind of walks off, I and Spencer... Wanted, I wanted Hannah to do the Mona thing and be like, oh, by the way, who is this dirty Morlock that you're giving your time to as charity? <laughs> well, it's so funny. After she walks away, Spencer, like, she looks at Johnny for a moment, and it's like she's wondering, do I need to say goodbye to this guy? And then she just decides, no, I don't. And just walks away. Yeah. So it's like, all like except for Hannah, the other three liars each have a moment like this in this episode where they find themselves... At the end of a, a conversation, apparently, that they weren't expecting. Mm. And it's like, what do I do? I guess I just walk away. <laughs> yeah, fuck this. Throw your hands yeah. up in the air and walk off. Uh, so in the kitchen, Talia's like sitting at that desk working on something. Emily's like just watching her. It's a lot of just like watching people in their natural habitat, too. Then Emily goes. Yeah, like and, this episode's all just like vibe and mood. Yeah, lots of vibes. I feel like season 5B, I know uh, one of our listeners, Stephanie, said that uh, season 5B has no chill. I would say season 5B is like blowing the roof and the walls off of like just vibes. So much mm-hmm. vibes. Hashtag uh, vibes. 
Hashtag vibes. Uh, Talia's polite but reserved. Emily's just like, oh, are you feeling better? And Talia's like, better? And Emily says, Ezra left a note saying, you called me yesterday. Well, and Talia's like, oh, I wasn't sick. I just had to take care of some things. There's a little bit of a cold shoulder here. You know? Yeah. She's and just, it, hello, it gets, morning. <laughs> the shoulder doesn't get colder as the episode progresses. It gets more bruised. Well, it's like these, these vibes, Emily, are you picking them up? But they're saying you goofed. Yeah, you done yeah. goofed. Because Talia just had to take care of something. And Emily's like, oh. And so she stands there watching Talia, who's like making no effort to continue this conversation. Mm-hmm. And eventually Emily just kind of frowns and is like, uh, okay, I'm going to walk off. Like, same thing <laughs> as Spencer there. It's like, she just like realizes, I, uh, I have nothing else to say. You're not talking to me. I guess I'm going to walk away now. Well, once she's gone, Talia kind of looks back. It's kind of this, to me, it was like a very mysterious shot. Like, I feel like they're purposely shooting Talia kind of possibly mysteriously menacing like once per episode well, it, it almost seems like they brought in johnny and talia just to like here's some new suspicious characters and you know maybe yeah. they're involved and maybe they aren't because now that they did the thing with shauna you just don't know mm-hmm. who shows up might be involved with uh, the a games and whatnot or, or you know secret murders or who knows what and uh, it especially works for for potential romantic interests, but I feel like it really should be for every character. You should mm-hmm. be suspicious as fuck about. Uh, so elsewhere in the brew, Hannah's like briefing Ari and Spencer. They're in a hallway somewhere, like perhaps behind the liar's nook. And again, we see them through glass. That's how the, the episode started. It was a nice shot through glass. Hannah says the cops called Caleb and want to re-interview him about the storage space. Hannah says the cops want to ask him if he saw anyone there acting suspicious. And Ari's like, aside from you? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Arya, you're not helping. Arya's just straight trolling in this episode. <laughs> also, I like that the the audio is a little bit muffled because we're through the glass. It, there's a very voyeuristic vibe in this episode. Oh, okay, they really play off sound design in this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Hannah's worried because she knows they're going to call her next, and Spencer's like, they're just trying to make you nervous. And Hannah's like, well, it's working. Just then, her phone rings. And yeah, she Hannah sighs. does. Yeah, she sighs, and Spencer's like, well, you better answer. So Hannah answers her phone. Um. At the counter, Emily's actually working, actually handing a guy some coffee. Uh, just then, a redhead of glasses walks up to Emily, and Emily says, hey, how can I help you? And the redhead says, actually, I'm looking for someone. Hannah Marin. This is uh, Leslie, by the way. And Emily's Leslie like, with no E on the end, which I can only assume is a tribute to Leslie Linka Gladder. Is that her name? I believe so. It's the director of the pilot of PLL. Uh, she has directed a shitload of TV. She's she has like a like a Forrest Gump style career in like television and film where she did like tons of stuff you wouldn't have guessed. But wasn't it like something where it's like it's it's like the streak where it's like if you get her like on your show or, or like, even for an episode, it's mm-hmm. like you're almost guaranteed good luck. Yeah. And I remember the King tweeted about her once and, and mentioned her as her mentor, which I find interesting that this character is named Leslie. And I wonder if there's anything to do with that, because Leslie is apparently friends with Mona here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you recall in the uh, the episode where Mona theoretically died, Leslie, her mother told her that Leslie was coming to Thanksgiving. This is yeah. Leslie. And Mona said that she had just talked to her last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily's kind of like, why are you looking for Hannah? And Leslie's just like, Mrs. Vanner all said I might find her here. My name is Leslie. I was a friend of Mona's, like we just said. I uh, feel like if that was like Arya or Spencer getting asked about Hannah, they would be like, uh, it doesn't ring a bell. You know, <laughs> like. Uh, you I know, can't like believe you asked me about Hannah Marin. I feel like they'd play it cool, you know? Like, Hannah Marin, uh, she doesn't work here. Why do you ask? 
<laughs> well, he's like, Emily, say something. Your face just turned into a gif for like 45 seconds. Uh, but yeah, this push on Emily's face and she's just like, whoa. Uh, well, these so massive like vibes of like suspicion here. Like they, they don't trust this chick. Yeah. And th- this girl, by the way, she is like a, a redhead with glasses and straight hair. Somehow she like throws off this, fam- like she seems Mona-esque in some way. Mm-hmm. I can't say why exactly. Maybe it's the shape of their face is similar, but she definitely feels like a somebody in in Mona's orbit. The um the actress Elizabeth McLaughlin, she's got this uh this move she does. She does a lot in this episode. It's this very cool. Like I was trying to think of like a classic actress that she reminded me of. This very cool thing with this one eyebrow where it kind of just mm. raises. I don't, it's she's I don't know. She's very interesting. I. I wouldn't mind seeing more of her after this episode. Uh, so we got the liars nook like moments later or whatever. The four liars are bunched up together. <laughs> the, the liars have given Leslie an audience here. Yeah, they're like they're like, kind of like in like a V shape facing her. She's in a chair by herself. Arya and Hannah are on the couch together. Spencer and Emily are together. Arya actually... looks bored and cranky as fuck right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually went back to see if this was the same seating arrangement as in A.S. for Answers. I, I had that kind of time, hmm. I guess, but it's not. Leslie's just well, like. Briefly, I just want to talk about Ari here. Yeah. I think they were missing the line where, like, you needed Ari to just be like, it came early this month. Like, <laughs> what exactly is going on with Ari in this episode? She is just so, like, she's just frowning and bored and, like, pissy. I, I mean, I guess the, the Ezra stuff is weighing on her mind, even though she, she never actually brings it up to her credit. I don't know why we don't occasionally just... Like during a big exposition scene with the four of them, I don't know why the camera won't just occasionally zoom in on Arya and like like take down the volume of the other girl's voice and like have Daniel Stern do like the Wonder Years <laughs> narration of what of Arya's thinking. It's just like I wonder what Ezra's doing right now. I mean, I think maybe rather than talking about her cycles and her moon, maybe Arya could have just straight up yawned. <laughs> but yeah, she looks like she could. I mean, more than usual, like she could give less of a shit. Yeah, seriously. Oh, and the, the rest of the liars are just very guarded. Like, they're not like, oh, it's Mona's friend. Like, come into our, our warm group of grieving. They're just like, go on. You yeah. know, like, yeah. what do you have to say? Uh, so Leslie's like, I'm still having a really hard time believing what happened. And Emily's like, well, so are we. And Leslie's like, I was supposed to see her at Thanksgiving. I was there with her mom when they called. They didn't say that she was dead. They're not allowed to say that over the phone. They just said that something had happened and she had to come back to Rosewood. So nice. Hannah. Like, cut to Hannah, like closing her eyes briefly, like sad. R.E.P. Mona. Yeah. Aria, like, she just looks like she's like, is everyone else thinking about Ezra too? Well, um, you get this close up shot on Aria where she just looks like bored as shit. Like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spencer then asks if Leslie had known Mona a long time. Leslie says that she had met Mona a couple months, a couple summers ago at Mona's grandmother's place. Emily says that she doesn't recall seeing Leslie at the memorial service. And Leslie's like, I had exams. And a professor who won't reschedule for anyone or anything. And I love the way Spencer says, but you're here now. Yeah, they're suspicious of, as fuck of Leslie it's, here. It's like, it's not quite a question. Mm-hmm. It's not quite just a statement. That was Tanner-esque. Yeah. Yeah, really. Um, Leslie's like, just for the weekend, with that awful girl's trial coming up, Mrs. Vanderall needs all the support she can get. All right, you br- girls were... Huh? Briefly, Ellie was arrested three weeks ago. Yeah. Is Rosewood, like, the rocket docket of murder court? Like, that trial should be, like, a year away. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just... I can't believe that she's not out on bail. But Leslie's like, you girls were there for Mona and her mom, and I wasn't. 
I want to thank you for that. And these girls look like they're just like ready to climb out of their skin in this chick's presence. Um, well, she there's something vaguely condescending about saying that. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks for being there. Yeah. Um, well, it reminds me a little bit uh, in a much more tri- charming, attractive package than like Jason number one's arrival on the scene. <laughs> yeah, really. I've gone over your like your draft. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for taking it that far. I'll take it from here. Yeah. And all the liars who just like just blank stares. Yeah. At Leslie, like they're playing their shit really close to the vest right now. Mm-hmm. Like they've they've learned. People say the liars never learn. They've learned a little. They're not giving anything away right now. Well, and I, I in a moment, Spencer she puts the perfect example on what. Mm-hmm. So Spencer's kitchen, we cut to. She's walking on her phone, talking to hand on he- on headphones. Uh, and she's like, "Whoever Leslie is, we need to keep an eye on her." Uh, we kind of cut over and see the hand and Caleb are in the police station on their end of the conversation. Caleb's wearing a camouflage shirt. Hannah says, "Oh, he was he? Su- I didn't yeah. even see him in that scene." Yeah, exactly. Hannah's like. You don't suppose she could be who she says she is, do you? Um, so she goes to the fridge for some water, and she's like, sure, she could be. But the last time somebody's old friend came up to us in the brew, it was Cece. <laughs> Boom. Lawyered. Yeah, and she's like, just go over there and say hi to Mona's mom. And then she looks over greedily at the uh, mom's briefcase that's on the kitchen island. And then she starts looking around like, her. we all know what Spencer's about to do here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Spencer, I'm at the police station. Can't you feel the police vibrations coming at you through the phone? Mm-hmm. More vibes. Mm-hmm. And Spencer says, but when you leave the police station, just go talk to Leslie. Just make sure that she does most of the talking. Yeah. Love that. It's like they're just full on manipulating Leslie. They just met her. Mm-hmm. So she walks over to her mom's briefcase and she's like, Hannah, I really got to go. Okay. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And Hannah just Good like luck. rolls her eyes and hangs Grilled up. by the cops. will be <laughs> fine. Cupcake. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spencer then calls out for her mother, gets no answer, so she immediately starts like tearing through that bag. And mm-hmm. I feel like there should be a mouse trap in there with yeah. like a note. It's like, God damn it, Spencer. Yeah. 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 So she she opens it up, she moves a couple files out of the way, and she finds like the, the case file for Alison Delorentis' homicide, which conveniently is marked with an A. I mean, mm-hmm. assume that's alphabetical, but still fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she opens the file, looks through it. We see that Mona's birthday is February 18th. There's no year listed because Mona's infinite. Mona knows where she comes from, but she doesn't know about all you zombies. Um, there's like a photocopied crime, like stack of crime scene photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we see the visitor sign-in sheet for the Women's Correctional Facility in Chester County. There are some great names on there, including Sarah Hernandez, who is a production assistant on the show, Faith Hernandez, who I'm going to guess is related to her. Allison Nelson, who is Joseph Doherty's assistant. Her sister, Rebecca Nelson. Uh, Lauren Steer, who works on the show. And I believe tweeted about how, uh, side note, season five was just like finally put to bed like last week. Mm. And this week, season six, the writer's room started up again. Well, yeah, it's it's funny whenever we, we see a list of names in the show, people go nuts trying to analyze them. They... Mm. From what I've read, they use the names of production staff just because it's easier than trying to well, you know, find back, a, a fake name. Go back to whatever episode it is and look at the uh, the board of directors of Radley, other mm-hmm. than uh, yeah. the Rentis. Also, the last one that I noticed was Lisa Hoggett, who I believe is one of the hairdressers on the show and actually was the woman who gave Hannah her black streaks in the Maestro's episode. But that's not the only name. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so Spencer takes a quick photograph. We can hear the noise of Veronica's car being beep beeped outside. Spencer quickly replaces everything in the carryall, including last minute reversing something back to the way she's sure it was. Yeah. Very, very clever girl. Spycraft. And then she's like, you know, closes the bag, runs over to the couch, picks up like a cooking magazine and sits down like just in time for her mom to walk in. 
And she's like, hi, mom. Uh, just calling over her shoulder, and, uh, and Veronica's like Spencer. I feel I, like like she knows. A, she knows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Also, Veronica's carrying like a uh, pharmacy bag. Like a pharmacy bag. Yeah, I Wonder- was like, interesting. Could mm-hmm. that be a pregnancy test? I don't know why I say that. Um, so Spencer's just like, uh, I saw you talking to Holbrook today, and Veronica's like, yeah, he's back. And so just like that special assignment all done, and Veronica says, I wouldn't worry about Holbrook. <laughs> Spencer's like, why not? And Veronica says, you and I have something else to discuss. So she comes over and holds those three big envelopes of college acceptance letters. And Spencer's like, where did you get those? And Veronica says, these are acceptance letters from colleges I didn't even know you were considering. Spencer says, how do you even know they're acceptance letters? Mom, I never even opened them. Hmm. And Veronica's like, uh, they rejected the one-page letter, saying yes requires more paperwork. Leslie Ferris shines in that moment. Yeah, yeah, she's she's good in this episode. And Spencer's like, I don't, I, I just applied so I would have more options. And then I changed my mind. Veronica's like, about what? And gets no answer from Spencer. And she's like, Spencer, we have to stay focused. You are going to college. Spencer's, I'm starting to think that maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if I didn't. And she starts to get up and walk away. And Veronica's just like, sweetheart, you have been thinking about college since the first grade. Mm-hmm. And Spencer, of course she has. Spencer's like, and maybe I should have been thinking about something else. I wrote down in my notes for some reason that Spencer should say here, maybe I'm spending too much time starting up clubs and putting on plays. I should probably be trying harder to score chicks. That's all Mm -hmm. anyone really cares about. Exactly. Um, And Veronica's like, you have to keep your future properly aligned. And Spencer's like, then I'll go to a chiropractor. And she tries to leave. Veronica like grabs her arm, spins her back around. She says, I am doing everything possible to keep you from getting dragged into Allison's trial. You staying on course with college is part of that. Have I made myself clear? I wonder if this is actually true or just like a, a convenient stick for Veronica to use to like keep Spencer in line. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, so they, they stare each other down, but Veronica has like scary, like serious mom face on right now. Mm-hmm. So Spencer backs down. She's like, yes, ma'am. So Veronica lets her go and Spencer just like runs upstairs. But Veronica looks a, a little regretful at how that went down now. Yeah, I like that uh, chiropractor line, though. I feel like Spencer mm-hmm. and Hannah... In addition to like, you know, overlapping in their love of like deducing things and and going the full Sherlock, they uh they both like a good like uh, zinger, you know? Mm-hmm. Um because Hannah most rises. Uh, at the police station, Hannah and Caleb are sitting on that bench waiting still. Hannah checks her phone, says ah, she's gonna be there in a couple minutes. Caleb asks how Hannah's mom is, and Hannah says she's got a lot going on. She doesn't need this. I'm sure Ashy is tired of having to walk into that fucking police station. I mean, at least Will isn't isn't there anymore. True. Uh, Caleb asks if Hannah thinks Ashley's going to marry Ted, and Hannah's no. like, doesn't matter what I think. It matters what she wants, which is not Ted, I hope. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Caleb, I had a bad thought. You know that video of you and me that A used to trap Spencer and Arya? What if the cops get a hold of it? Caleb's what if like, indeed? Well, then we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. But that's Arya's family motto. Yeah, Caleb says that, that at least that can't happen again. He's locked out remote access to all of their computers, and nobody will be able to tap their cameras. Why before. didn't you do yeah. that already, Mr. Hacker exactly. Bro? Yeah, um, and he's Caleb's like, Hannah, there's nothing connected to that bus lock besides bad timing. And they can't arrest you for that. And Hannah's just like, not yet. And then yeah, we Han- hear a commotion in the squad room. Hannah's very glum, but then a commotion shouting from kind of like there's a, like a room behind them. And it's it's Mr. Holbrook. I, I'm not going to do the voice because he's not doing it himself. Uh, he says, <laughs> this department has screwed up this investigation from the start. And now you're trying to blame it on me. You have no idea what's really going on here. Not a clue. And we hear like a slam and Holbrook just like storming out of this like side room. We, they're kind of looking through the window at him. 
He gets to his desk, picks up like a file box and like violently like throws the contents of it like on the ground or something. And then starts like just slamming like his shit into it, you know, like mm-hmm. he's he's like super pissed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, also, did you have to notice the music in this scene? No. It kind of reminded me a little of Gone Girl, which just made me think how awesome would uh, like Trent Reznor doing the score for PLLB? Uh, a Trent Reznor and uh, David Fincher episode. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that'd be amazing. That would be. But yeah, Holbrook is like pissed. Mm-hmm. He's like throwing his shit in a box. And now he's carrying it out. He walks out and runs right into Hannah and Caleb. Well, he's throwing quite the hissy fit. Yeah. I, it's neat. Uh, Caleb, he like moves in front of Hannah at this point, like to protect her. Mm-hmm. Nice little boyfriend moment. Hannah's making all sorts of Hannah faces behind Caleb here. And Holbrook sees them and he just like sizes them up. He's totally disgusted. And he's just like, perfect. Just perfect. Uh, and he walks off and Hannah and Caleb are just like, what the fuck? That haircut is basically Magic Mike's haircut. Uh, Magic Mike Montgomery. Uh, as Shannon in her long email said, she equated it to basically like this 1920s boardwalk empire like haircut. To me, it is way too hipstery and like bad DJ haircut. Well, he's he's definitely officer. like run a comb through it since like that first scene. I I guess. Or he just walked in front of the yes. fan. I mean, that, that first scene, it was wild. But uh, I would throw out, what if this is a setup? What if the oh, most I, I, I was, thing is that? Let's talk about that later. I, I I have comments about that later in the episode. So after the commercial, because well, they, br- briefly, I just want to talk about Hannah for a second here. Okay. Uh, I tweeted about this. Her, she, her hair is kind of parted to one side. Like there's this kind of like Veronica Lake meets like beach hair look that she has going on. Like she's like modern day femme fatale. Like whatever they're doing, it is working with Hannah right now. Well, and so I responded with that. It, like Veronica Lake and Alan Ladd here. Uh, Sarah came back and said that she had looked up Alan Ladd, but after investigating him, she thinks that Caleb's too much of a greaser to be Alan Ladd. <laughs> I I get that, but like the handful of Alan Ladd movies that I've I've had the joy of seeing, like uh, granted Caleb's way too tall to be Alan Ladd. Caleb has Alan Ladd's attitude down in a lot of ways. Uh, he's not as clean <laughs> as Alan Ladd was. Anyway, so after the commercial, we're in Arya's bedroom. Spencer has come to visit Ari in her room. Uh, we see that that long cheetah print dress and how sheer it is with the sun shining through. Did you notice Arya has a... She's got one of those, like, perfume things where it's... It's, uh, like, the glass, you know, canister with, the, like, the little, like, little tail thing, thing you squeeze. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. got a huge one of those on her desk. Arya, I'm kind of amazed that Arya doesn't have, like, Allison's vanity mirror. Yeah. She also has super high heels on because she's, like, almost as tall as Spencer in the scene, which... We all know Arya's like four feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of these days we're going to show up for an episode of PLL and she's just going to be dressed like Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice <laughs> or she'll be dressed like Beetlejuice. Um, so Spencer's just like, you know, my mom is giving strategic advice to Allie's defense team and they're sharing all kinds of information about her case, which includes who's been visiting Allie in jail. She reaches in her pocket, pulls out her phone and shows, starts to show that picture of the the copy of the visitor log and Arya's like is hannah's name on the list and so just like yeah but that's not the name that's worrying me and she like enlarges the part of the picture that says mike montgomery and Arya's like who the fuck is mike montgomery yeah. spencer's like your brother and Arya's like i have a brother <laughs> uh yeah Al- or mike was there to see Allie, and Arya's like what no that's got to be a mistake and spencer's like how many mike montgomery's do we know and Arya's like zero Arya, like, jerks away from Spencer. Yeah, she's like, I don't know, Mike Montgomery. Uh, 
It just that the mere suggestion that her brother could be involved, she like jerks away. She's like, well, even if that's true, he must have had a good reason. I mean, Allison killed his girlfriend. He he was probably just, I don't know, going there to spit in her eye. Which Arya would be okay with. I like when she says the good reason. Spencer gives her this like, what the fuck good reason? <laughs> well, picture the Arya revenge tour where she goes around spitting in people's faces who wronged her. In, in their eye. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Spencer Spencer's says, like, maybe. But then why didn't he mention he was doing it? And Ari's like, I don't know. There's got to be a good explanation. Spencer says, if there's an explanation, you're the only, you're the only one in a place to get it. Like, and we get this like, big, huge panicked eyes from Ari. It's like, shit. Like, I thought I was going to be able to sit out the plot this week. Guess not. Well, yeah, I like that. Ari, she's perfectly okay if you just walking around and metaphorically spitting people's eyes. Spencer's okay with it, too. But by God, you're going to file like a flight plan of her first. <laughs> Well, and they're like, they're just shocked that Mike wouldn't have told Arya about this. Yeah. Like, he's required to check in with her or something. Yeah. As as the younger sibling, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, who's taller and more jacked. Um, at the brew, uh, Emily and Hannah are talking, and Emily's like, this has been at Holbrook? And Hannah's like, for inappropriate behavior. And Emily's like, what kind of inappropriate behavior? And Hannah's like, take your pick. And Emily says, noodling a witness, letting Cyrus get away, which he didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, these girls. They're jumping to conclusions, I think. Uh, and Hannah says, Caleb heard the cops talking about how Holbrook tampered with the lie detector test. And that was the straw that broke the chameleon's back. I feel like I'm glad Spencer wasn't here in that scene, because she would unnecessarily correct Her Hannah. eyes would just twitch. Yeah. I, I think Hannah knows what she's saying there, and it's it's what makes the line even better. It's, uh, a, it's a mixed idiom. Yeah, and it works. Uh, Emily says that if the cops are on the Holbrook, that's one less thing they have to worry about. And well, think about like, that for a moment. It the you know the the lie detector test it's it's almost as though Tanner has taken everything that Toby suggested seriously, right? That's that's amazing. Well, he is mm-hmm. the most honorable guy. Yeah, that we can think of. Yeah, but Hannah says you know you wouldn't say that if you saw the way he looked at me. Ali may have been leading him around by the nose, but I think he blames us for what happened to him, which doesn't make a ton of sense. But sure, and it's like I I wish it didn't, but that makes an awful lot of sense. Yeah. They're like, it is our show, after all. Uh, and Hannah says, hey, you know what? Call Arya and Spencer. I have to go keep an eye on the new girl in town. Emily's like, okay. So Hannah leaves. Emily gets her phone out. But just as she's about to call, she looks over and spots Talia. She's, like, chatting up an awful Johnny over there, giving him some food. Mm-hmm. Maybe J- Emily's getting a little jealous here. Uh, Johnny's, like, just, like, holding up a piece of coiled wire. Like, it's this fascinating conversation piece. I fucking hate this guy. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, I'm going to keep an eye on that situation. I wish we didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go to Arya's living room. We see Mike on the couch watching uh, an old black and white movie, which we found out was Them, them which I feel like we would have been able to guess had we seen a giant ant in the scene. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, because it, it looks like a nor. Like it almost like we see like a, a plane flying for for like a split second. I was like, wait, is this like a Hitchcock North by Northwest? No, it's black and white. Um, but like similar shot i guess as this plane flies low and then you see this girl walking she's walking she has a doll in her arms with like a busted head like the head is busted open well and i thought like was this like a later like frankenstein movie <laughs> you know um the, yeah, this, was, uh, this movie was a uh, shot partially on the same lot that pll sheets on yeah it's a warner bros movie from the 50s like one of those like the but the first like the giant nuclear bugs like, mm-hmm. movies that you know stood in for something else um so uh mike is just like chilling on the couch watching this Arya's like waiting in the wings watching him cody christian is giving us all kinds of good laughs of late mostly the hair i mean 
I feel like this guy, he brings it more than, say, like Keegan Allen. Um, Interesting. He's, he, 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 ha- he hits his target. I'll say that. He, he's perfect for the role he's playing. That's my thing about the PLL is, you know, I'll criticize actors. I or uh, characters, you know, things that they do as you're supposed to, because you're supposed to dislike certain characters and actions. But like, I think all the actors are perfect for the roles that they do. Oh, um, this is what I got to say to the Cody Christian here. Like, you know how when you go into hair and makeup, they do your hair like this, mm-hmm. but then like later you style it Jersey Shoreish when you're not on the show. Maybe you should just trust your stylist on the set. Like, well, they're, maybe they're they're doing you a favor. I I saw like the one like whatever photo shoot he was at where it's like him like wearing a leather jacket with no shirt and mm-hmm. i thought oh wow cody christian's gonna be like in the magic mike like directed dvd <laughs> sequel then i saw the the pll instagram photo the one of him like a shirt and a leather jacket and i thought oh wow cody christian is like auditioning for kanicki and like an <laughs> off-broadway version of greece and then i look at that hair and i think give that hair three more inches and he's gonna have like the full-on eraser head yeah, it's uh him and him and Holbrook go to the same stylist, I think. Yeah, yeah, they were like bumping elbows at the uh, salon the other day. So, anyways, Arya finally comes out of the wing. She's just been sitting there like watching Mike. <laughs> She's be. been there for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> which in season five, especially Arya's done that a lot. <laughs> um, so she comes says, "Hey, he seems to be a little uncomfortable around her." He seems day. absolutely thrilled to be chatting with his sister right now. <laughs> and Arya's like, "What's this?" Yeah. And he says, Mona had this list of movies she wanted to show me. I thought I'd look at a couple. And Ari's like, how's it going? And I it's like, know he, what else on that list? He, it's like, he just knows like, well, obviously I'm going to have to talk to you. So he pauses the movie and he mm-hmm. says, okay, I guess it was a long time before I could even look at her list. And here I am. And Ari's like, yeah, Mona liked her movies, <laughs> which is like the lamest thing ever to say. But like, I can totally see where Arya's coming from. It's like she doesn't know how to respond to this. So she's just yeah. like, yeah, Mona liked her movies. God, that was lame. And Mike <laughs> says, yeah, I think she remembered every movie she ever saw. Not just the plot, but details. All these little details. It was amazing. Because Mona was amazing. Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, she was very smart. And Mike says, too smart. Awkwardness. And Mike's, Arya says nothing. And Mike kind of like looks at her and then he just goes back to his movie. And on screen, the cops like asking the little girl like what her name is, and Arya's just like, "Who does she belong to?" Yeah, Arya's just standing there, like, "Well, you don't seem to be talking to me anymore. I guess I'll walk away now." Well, and I would posit that he paused the movie in the first place because he's just like, "You're going to talk to my entire movie, mm-hmm. right?" I'll just pause this. Yeah, Arya's like, "Don't mind me. I'm going to go back to watching you from around the corner again because I'm much more comfortable there." Well, the cop on screen asks the little girl, who do you belong to? And is it me or does it look like Mike maybe is like getting an idea now? I mean, it's, it's I'm not, not sure if they're communicating this or not, but it's like he seems to like be thinking of something suddenly mm. at the end of the scene. I would love to know what else is on that list of movies. Yeah, a, a list that she specifically created for Mike. That includes them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mona's bedroom, Hannah and Leslie are talking. Leslie picks up a leather bound copy of like Edgar Allan Poe tales, uh, the unabridged works. Yeah. And she's like, she told me about this book. She told me that her grandfather got it for, her and he'd read it to her from her and scare the hell out of her. By the uh, way, um, also on that bookshelf mm-hmm. is some Joanna flute books. One of them, which is called Blackberry Pie Murder. Whoa. 
Does that sound more intriguing slash delicious to you than Double Fudge Brownie Murder? I would probably rather have Blackberry Pie Murder than Double Fudge Brownie Murder. Okay. I'm more of a, you know, berry pie type person. The thing about both of those types of murder is they both sound messy. Hmm. Good. Uh, Hannah mentions that Mrs. V had said that Leslie was trying to find her and Leslie clarifies, not just Hannah, but all the PLLs. And Hannah's like, why? And Leslie's like, that's a funny question. You were friends well, with bonus. Hannah's like all business. She's like, yeah. you know, Ms. Vanderwall said you want to find me. And why? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny question. Hannah says, well, Leslie, if you really knew Mona well, you would know that what was between all of us was a lot more complicated than going to the mall and tweeting photos of shoes that we wanted. Hmm. Hannah is not fucking around. She's basically like, I'm calling you out. Like, at least show me your bona fides, Leslie. Yeah, cards and on the Le- table. Leslie's like, I know. But in spite of all that, she really cared about you. You were all very precious to Mona. Like dolls. Aww. And Hannah says, you do realize there's more than one Mona inside of her, right? <laughs> Mona contained multitudes. Mm-hmm. And Leslie says, that's what I liked about her. Most girls have trouble keeping two thoughts in their mind at the same time. But Mona was thinking every second. In my father's house, there are many Monas. Uh, we look over at Hannah, like the lighting changes around her. We get this like sound effect, like a gust of wind, and Hannah it's looks over. Totally awesome, like lighting change transition. Yeah. Well, it's 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 like the same kind of idea of like the five B premiere and that like thing, but like modified. So we get like Hannah like looks over towards the bed into a flashback. Well, it's it's the the light itself. Just to describe it, it's like it's suddenly dark outside, and then there's like you know electronic light on inside mm. it's like it suddenly just shifted to nighttime with lights on inside yeah again another literary infused flashback inside mona's room with very similar blocking mona's like uh, sitting on the bed like reading from the poe book um do you have all the dialogue i do have all the dialogue uh, do do you want to do it should we do it well yeah, I, we? we should mention uh hannah's also on the bed they're both in their pjs mona is holding a flashlight under her face for extra spookiness as she yeah. reads super uh, flashlight yeah, do you want to be Mona or Hannah? Uh, I'm willing to try Mona. All right. <laughs> I feel like either of us are going to fall flat on our face doing Mona, but I'll give it a shot. I mean, if you don't want to, I can. Oh, I got it. Okay. Go for it. Uh, let me see if I have all the time. Mo- Mona is reading from a book. Okay, so, and though my heart be broken, here is a ring as token that I am happy now. Would God I could awaken, for I dream I know not how, and my soul is sorely shaken, lest the dead who is forsaken may not be happy now. Um, which is from Poe's Bridal Ballad, and there's a line missing there, which is, uh, lest an evil step be taken. <laughs> but yeah, Mona reads with a flashlight in her face, it's like a fireside ghost story at camp. Younger Hannah's in there watching her. Um, Mona, like, clicks off the flashlight. Why do you like this stuff? I love this stuff. It's like maple syrup, all sticky and sweet. We have to mention, Mona then does like sexy eyebrow rays at at Hannah right now. It is Mm -hmm. super hot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Hannah says, and creepy. And so like Mona clicks the flashlight back on her face and she's like, it's the creepy part that makes it fun. So meta. Uh, They laugh and Mona gets up and puts the book back on the shelf. She turns back to Hannah and she says, uh, okay, you've got three wishes. What do you want? And it can't, you can't wish for more wishes. I don't like wishing games. They just remind you of what you don't have. Oh, you are such a thud. What's the point of breaking your shelf? You turn into such a dull omelet. You make better wishes anyway. 
That's true. I would wish for a stopwatch. A stopwatch? So when you press down on the stem, not only does the watch stop, but all of time stops. Everything freezes. And you can walk around, taking anything you want from the store, going to people's houses, even when they're there, and spy on them. You could have all the control, and nobody would ever know that it was you. They wouldn't even know that you were being controlled. That would be the best part. I have so many thoughts about this scene, which is an amazing scene. Yeah. Number one, Mona just described her adrenalized hyper-reality there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, that's, that's what she wanted as A, is to be able to spy on people and, you know, freeze time and, and exist in all places at once to see everything. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't even know they're being controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, and I don't know how much you picked up on this. Uh, I've been binge watching person of interest right lately. There's two characters on the show, both female who've like had this like very subtextual relationship. That's like it slowly got like actually textual, but for a long time it was just like very kind of subtle, you know, like suggestive flirting. And it's maybe I'm just attuned to that because when I watch these two characters, I'm like, holy shit, make out, you know, like, like it, it really seems like Mona is just flat out flirting with Hannah right now. Well, I'll say real quick is that, you know, we end flashback, we cut back to Hannah in present day in Mona's room with Leslie. Um, I think it's safe to say that like this scene, Janelle Parrish is goddamn amazing in it and this episode because she has one more scene it's like this one two punch that should get her an award or seven or eight well it's Um, so nice to see her after a couple episodes without but i would say with this scene though just imagine just imagine under a slightly different context hannah is a Mm -hmm. and it's not that not just that mona's describing like the memory palace of her adrenalized hyper reality it's that she's also potentially inspiring hannah yeah yeah um there's i i the hannah is a stuff it almost seems like they're laying it on too thick i mean they're being very subtle about it but i feel like the writers they when they write the show they have like the obvious red herring like holbrook for instance Mm -hmm. they're like this is what the characters are going to think and if you actually think this person is you know a then you're stupid basically Uh, and then there's like the more subtle like maybe it's actually this person and then there's like for the super subtle people they're like Hey, maybe it's Hannah because of all these like little hints. I feel like in the the subtle or not so subtle like theory echo chamber, you could step in and just kind of softly whisper, "Hannah is a" into this episode, and this episode is going to scream back at you, "Hannah is a." Yeah. Um. So Leslie kind of watches Hannah, sees that this had a big effect on her, and Hannah's just like, Mona always was thinking. She just wasn't thinking what we thought she was thinking. <laughs> Leslie's face is just like, uh, okay. <laughs> expound on that yeah so uh, we go to the Petterbrew kitchen here emily is up on a step ladder getting like a can down from a high shelf when her the strings of her apron come undone mm-hmm. so she kind of steps back down and then talia is right there behind her reaches around to tie those strings right right on her waist there and their bodies are you know touching basically and or talia, like linger on emily's hips yeah talia ties the strings and then her hands kind of linger on emily's hips and they withdraw and emily's like thanks and talia's like don't mention it and talia just walks off and emily's just wondering hmm was that flirting yes emily that was flirting emily should be thinking like damn that girl's seduction game is on fleek um (laughs) in the brew how dare you yeah johnny is working on his like fucking contraption uh everything's kind of being put together like in a like a cabinet like lit up or that's like a like a desk yeah Yeah. he's like soldering some shit magic mike comes up to him i don't know why the fuck magic mike wants to talk to this asshole but he's just like hey man 
what's that going to be? Well, Mike walks up and he's like, hey, man. And Johnny's like, hey. And I really wanted Mike to just be like, good talk. And Johnny be like, yeah. <laughs> that's the whole scene. My, that's how bros communicate. I really wondered, though, like, is like the twist here that these guys are actually dating or something? I uh, can kind of see that, but I guess... Mike seems a little too broken up about Mona. I don't know. I mean, who knows? It could yeah. be a misdirect. Um, but yeah, he's like, what's that going to be? And Johnny says, it's a perpetual motion machine powered by secrets. Mm. Mike's like, you mean Aria? <laughs> uh, and he says, there's plenty of those around here. And Johnny's like, and so I've noticed. And this just, is a weird exchange. Yeah, he just goes back to work and Mike smirks. Uh, I mean, I guess these two know each other because they were like helping Ezra with shells or something. I feel like that has not been established strongly enough. Not strongly enough. It's it's so weird. I think it's purposely weird, but it's weird. Well, um, I mean, Cody Christian, he's only like 18, I think. I, I wonder if part of it is they're like, hey, this guy's old enough that like he can be on the set more. You know, there's no like child labor issues or anything. So they want to use him more. I guess. Yeah. And they're like, oh, by the way, just. Just always be in the workout room when you're not on set and doing schoolwork. <laughs> Just be get jacked. Here's some needles. Check those in your veins. Um, so Hannah and Leslie spray this under your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Leslie is like holding the Edgar Allan Poe book, and Mike like looks over, sees that book, zeroes in on it, stomps on over, and Hannah's like, "Hi, Mike." Uh, and he's just like in this day is like hi and she introduces everyone am i wrong or is this mike's first scene with hannah yeah i was just gonna say i believe this is their first scene together uh you know especially thinking about when we flash back to how they made mm-hmm. out back when she was hefty and he was not depressed stealing or on steroids I, I i demand some sort of callback to that at some point on this show yeah like maybe just like some blushing on somebody's part or something well hannah's just like not only are you a jerk mike but you're a bad kisser. No, oh, that's mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Leslie tells, you know, Mike that Mona talked about him all the time. And Hannah tells Mike that Leslie's saying Mr. Van, Mrs. Van Der Waal. And he's just like, I can see that. He's staring right at the book. And Hannah's like, he can? And Mike says, that belongs to Mona. And Leslie's like, I know. We were just looking at it in her room. And Mike is like pissed. He's like, in her room? And Leslie says, I know it sounds silly. I just wanted it with me for a little while. And Mike cuts her off. He's like, does her mom know that you took that? And Leslie just kind of looks nervously to Hannah, and Hannah steps in. She's like, Mike, it's not like we took it. And he says, is her mom giving away her stuff? Is that what's happening? And Hannah says, no, that's not what's happening. And he says, then give me the book. And Hannah's like, Mike. And he says, I'm taking it back. It's where it belongs. And Hannah's like, it's okay. And he says, no, Hannah, it's not okay. You can't take everything apart like you want her to disappear. Hand it over. And Leslie just, like, steps back, like, scared. Uh, well, there's a there's a great shot on Leslie as she's kind of stepping mm-hmm. back. And Hannah just kind of, like, steps in to the camera, like, between Leslie and Mike. Yeah. And she says, Mike, I'll make sure the book goes back to where it belongs, okay? I promise. And, you know, and not it's not that Mike isn't being a little irrational here. But, like, why not just give him back the book and be like, I- I'm sorry, you know? Oh, uh, because <laughs> the, the book has secrets. Yeah, I mean, I, I we'll see why in a minute, but I, I do feel like Leslie's being a little weird and standoffish, but we'll find out about that, too. Well, I mean, this guy with a big, exaggerated haircut just, like, stomped over her and got all, like, hissy about a book. I can see where she's, like, a little frozen in her tracks. Um, yeah. Yeah, Mike's going to run outside and bench a car. Um, So, like, Hannah, like, like kind of stares... Like the face Leslie and she apologizes, says, you know, that Mike and Mona are pretty serious for Mona to die. And Leslie seems stunned. And Hannah picks up on that and asks, what's the matter? And Leslie's like, I don't want to make trouble for anyone. So Hannah like leads Leslie over like two feet. 
so she can spill the <laughs> secret. Well, she's like, I don't want to make trouble for anyone. It's like, sure you do, Leslie. Yeah, that's why, that's you're, why here. you're here. Yeah. As he says, the night before Mona was killed, we were talking on the phone. In the middle of it, someone came up to her and told her to like hang up and talk to them. He sounded pretty upset. I'm pretty sure it was Mike. She said that she would call me back, but she never did. And then we get like the most intense Hannah face of all time. It's like the camera pushes in on her and it's just Hannah just feeling like worried and, and scared and, you know, guilty. Like, oh, no. And also Mike now, is clearly Arya's real brother. Now Mike is in the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after the commercial in the town square, it's daytime. Caleb is like sitting in the grass in the weird position, like doing some school Okay, work. so you notice his posture, too. This is bizarre. I mean, I kept, I, I almost sat on the ground to try to try to like approximate that and just be like, do you sit like that? Is that, is that normal? Is that comfortable? I don't think anyone sits like that. First of all, in the grass wearing well, he's got, clothes. He's got one leg like tucked up under the other leg and the other legs like stretched out. Uh, he has like super twiggy legs. I noticed. Well, he's sitting in a way that only like comic book illustrators can achieve for mm-hmm. anatomical purposes on on a, on a like four panel color strip or a four color panel strip uh emily strolls up to him this is probably the first scene where it's just the two of them i think since you know caleb took a bullet for her thanks to lyndon james i think they may have had a few other scenes but they they kind of match they're both wearing like the drab and jeans yeah uh she should be at work she gives him shit for doing school stuff on a saturday emily's just like why is everyone working on a saturday that's crazy uh, he says that he has to work on his academic cred. It doesn't pay to be a cyberwolf high school dropout. And Emily has a good laugh, like, ha, 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 because of Hannah. <laughs> and he says, Caleb says, she keeps surprising you, doesn't she? All those hidden smarts. I don't want to get left in the dust. And it's like, man, they're laying it on thick. It all, it seems too calculated almost about Hannah and her, her, her smarts. Mm-hmm. And Caleb points over at the police station and he says, though I should probably be focusing on criminal law. Emily's like, uh, is it going to make a difference now that Holbrook is suspended? And he says, maybe. Someone like that can cause a lot of trouble from the sidelines, too. And Emily kind of nods, and then she looks over, and she's, she spots Tally over there, like, talking to, like, a like a fruit vendor. She's feeling some lim- some uh, melons. Mm-hmm. And Caleb notices this, and he says, how's uh, that situation going? <laughs> Which is how I need to start all conversations, I think. Oh, he says, how's that new situation going? Mm-hmm. Which is... So vague and weird and intrusive. How's your new situation going? Oh, what new situation? I don't know. I'm just making a conversation. Yeah. Um, Emily says, you know, it's all still very new. And she says, besides Caleb, and he, he can tell that something is up, considering that they don't ever really talk. <laughs> and he, she's just like, Ali's going on trial for murder. She's trying to bring us all down with her. And I keep trying to figure out if a girl is flirting with me or not. And Caleb uh, says, well, in the middle of the war, you have to remember what you're fighting for, which <laughs> I like it, Caleb, but shut the fuck up. Well, also, Emily, she's flirting with you. Uh, he's like, what answer do you want? Flirting or non-flirting? And she's like, I don't know what I want. I mean, I know what I want. I just don't know what I want. That's deep. Caleb says, scary thing is, that makes perfect sense to me. I would have be a teenager again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Emily says, how does anybody get together with anybody? You just put your lips together and blow him. Uh, (laughs) Caleb says, well, you take a calm, clear look at everything. You work it out logically in your head. And then you flip a coin. And Emily just like rolls her eyes and smiles. And she's like, yeah, good talk, Caleb. But when it comes to patronizing advice, you're no Toby. The thing is, Caleb, you can't hack the human heart. No, you can't. I don't know. 
Maybe you can. Uh, so around town, Ari and Hannah are going for a stroll. They're walking in front of the Aperos Grill. Hannah's just filled in Ari and all this new shit with Magic Mike. And Ari asks if Hannah believes what Leslie said. And Hannah says that Leslie did talk to Mona, that Mrs. Vanderall confirmed the phone call. Hannah says it probably doesn't mean anything, though. And Mike is probably just sad and angry and on steroids. So Ari stops. Ari stops. It's <laughs> confession time. It's just uh, the roids. He's moody. Yeah. <laughs> His testicles are shrinking and it's making him angry. Ari is just like, Hannah. Mike went to see Allison in jail. Hannah's like, he did what? Needle scratch. Um, Ari says that Spencer found out. Hannah's like, Mike got in a fight with Mona the night before she died, and now he's going to go visit the person who killed her? And Ari says, well, it sounds really bad when you say it like that. It's like, does it, though? <laughs> I guess. And it says, well, have you talked to him? And Ari's like, I tried, but I don't know. Couldn't get the words out of my mouth. It's like, you guys, she tried really, really hard. Yeah. And Hannah says, even if you can't talk to him, you have to figure out what's going on. And Ari just sighs. It's like, ah, shit. She's Not like, I'm getting him all sides, you jerks. Yeah. I just want to go write in my feelings journal. Um, so at the brew, Johnny's still working on his contraption, a different part of it. He's got like one of those. Big, it's like this big plastic bubble thing. The, the, the thing, like the, the little old ladies with like the hairdryer thing, like the small town beauty shop. No, it's way bigger than that. This yeah. thing's gigantic. It's like this big plastic bubble it's like you know two and a half feet in diameter yeah um and he's like pliers he holds out his hands it's spencer hands him egg i said egg bitch uh she hands him the pliers and she's like are you gonna tell me what this thing does and he says you're smart you can figure it out and she says i don't want to figure it out i just want to know classic spencer and he says analyze that sentence spencer it's very revealing and spencer's like why don't you analyze my foot in your asshole uh, she ponders this contraption. She finally like holds up her hand. She's like, it's a gelato maker. And he's like, that's right. That's what it is. And she's like, shut up. And she laughs. Uh, she picks up like a little schematic drawing that he has of this thing. Uh, and it, she notices like there's something on the back. So she turns it over and sees that this drawing, this like schematic has been done on the back of one of Allie's missing posters. That old poster that we mm -hmm. first saw in the pilot. Mm -hmm. And she's like, where did you get this? And he says, in the barn. There's still a couple of those around. <laughs> you see them on old telephone poles with the missing dog and cat flyers. They're a little faded, but you can tell what they are. The thing, like, one of the many things that annoys me about Johnny is that he presents himself. You know, he's apparently just recently moved back to town. Mm -hmm. Like he's really got his like his like finger finger on, on the pulse vein. of Rosewood, yeah. Yeah, the vein of Rosewood. He sees all the veins. Yeah. Well, is it me or did he seem a little sketchy when he first got questioned? Like he's yeah. like in the barn, and then he like he immediately starts making more and more excuses for why he would have this liar. Well, no, you know? I, think the, I felt like the barn thing was like pre-programmed just to make her feel weird, you know. Well, first he mentions the barn, then he mentions there's some around town, then he's talking about seeing them all over the place and they're faded, and then he's like, "Your friend is just about mythic in this town." It's like I feel like that was a deflection. Yeah. Uh, and Spencer says she's not my friend anymore, and he says, "Well, she's still legendary." Gilgamesh and high heels. I'm a, I'll give him that. I did like that line. And Spencer's just like, you know, more like Vishnu. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Like somewhere Mona is just like, hey, hey, hey. Well, it's like the third reference to Oppenheimer this season, which I love. He's so dreamy. Yeah. Um, Johnny's like, that's some grim stuff to hang on a pretty girl with a nice smile. And Spencer, classic eye roll. Well, it's like she ponders this and she's like, huh, that's some trite bullshit. Yeah, uh, and then he he nods at the flyer and he says, "How do you go from how do you go from that to sitting in a jail for killing someone?" And Spencer says, "Complicated." And then like Caleb like busts out of the chimney and it's like, "How dare you?" 
Yeah, Johnny's just like, Hannah and Caleb own that line, Spencer. And since I know Rosewood, I know that. Yeah. And Spencer says, or else it's simple. And we just thought it was complicated. And uh, he's like, Phil said screwdriver, please. So she Egg. hands it to him. Uh, it's <laughs> interesting how unsure she is of everything right now. Like, she used to be so confident and constantly wrong. But now it's like she's at least gotten to the point where she she knows what she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And what she can't explain. And she's no longer certain of anything. I mean, I, I get that. And I, I get that you need a character like Johnny to erode that. But that understanding for me also mashes up against the Spencer that I know and love. Which obviously this is not who she is right now. The Spencer I know and love does not suffer fools. Let alone no, She suffers Toby. Yeah. But Spencer Toby, has always Toby, had a thing for the help. Yeah, but Toby reads uh, Fitzgerald. Um, But uh, also, like, Spencer should not be handing tools to this tool. Like, that's not her job. Yeah, Um, but she likes to rub elbows with Blue Collar. I guess. Well, at least she's not tangoing with this jerk. Yeah, seriously. Uh, So we got to Mona's bedroom. Hannah and Leslie. uh, It's like nighttime now. Hannah's like holding that copy of the Poe book. It's funny how much, like, running around a few of these characters have to do in this scene or in this episode, too. Like, Go talk to this person, then run over and talk to this person again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you can't you can't be like almost frozen to death in an abandoned haunted ice cream factory every day. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like she had to talk to Leslie, then run over and talk to Arya, then come back to talk to Leslie. Well, what did she tell Leslie? Yeah. Hey, just chill out for a minute. <laughs> just go back to Mona's house because they're in Mona's house right now in her room. And Leslie go, says, go spend some time with Mona's mom. I bet she's crying. <laughs> yeah. Leslie says, maybe you shouldn't have told Arya about Mike. Interesting how familiar she is already with them. And yeah. Hannah says, he's her brother. She deserves to know. And Leslie says, I just don't want to get anybody in trouble. He's like, I don't believe you, Leslie. Mm-hmm. And Hannah says, Mike will be fine. He's a good guy. He's just, he's just too romantic. romantic. And Leslie says, I hope so. I'm going to go help Mrs. Vanderwall with her tea. And Hannah's like, okay, I'm right behind you. And so Leslie leaves, and Hannah kind of sighs. She's got that uh, Edgar Allan Poe book in her hand now, and she looks at it, and then flashback. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that sleepover with Mona later on at night. You know, lights are out. It's dark. Trains passing by outside. And Mona's sleeping on her side, and then Hannah sits up right behind her. Uh, this episode is like fan fiction paradise. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've got Hannah and Mona in bed here. Yeah. And Hannah says, the stopwatch. And Mona, she doesn't open her eyes, but she kind of turns her head like she's listening. And Hannah says, all the time it was stopped, you'd be getting older, but nobody else would. Mona says, I'd fix that. Well, how would you fix it? I'd fix it so that everyone else got old, but not me. Well, when they notice, you know, wouldn't they notice uh, that you weren't getting older? That would be their problem. Suppose Allison came back a long time from now. Will we recognize her? We'd recognize her. Now Mona's eyes are open. Yeah, No more pillow talk. Uh, and Hannah says, what if she changed her hair and the way she looked? What if she wanted to come back in disguise just to check up on us? And Mona sits up now. She's angry. Even if she did come back, she wouldn't recognize us. She'd come back to a town full of strangers who'd forgotten all about her. And then she'd go crazy. They'd throw in a rally and no one ever gets out of there. God, Mona, don't say that. <laughs> it's just another scary story, Hannah. Like in the book. Just a story. Go to sleep. This is just fascinating. I don't even know where to begin. Like, mm. it's like Hannah predicted Vivian Darkbloom, or maybe mm. knew about it, mm. and then Mona like projected her own like future fate onto Allie, like yeah. being stuck in Radley. Yeah. Um, 
Man, yeah, they get back under the covers, but Mona is like still like wide awake, like facing away, and she she smiles just a little. And it makes you wonder, was Mona like was her contingency plan to like gaslight Allie if Allie ever came back? I wonder. I want or like I would love for there to be the episode that has the flashbacks to to a period of time spent together in the Lost Woods resort. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like a week or so where Obviously, it's not like like Allison was handicapped or anything. Mona didn't have to like nurse her back to health, but you know maybe she had to kind of rebuild her emotionally a little bit. I think Allie left the next morning, but yeah, probably. But I think it would be interesting if there was like you know a, a slightly larger lost period of time in that motel, just the two of them, with uh, of course Harold the weirdo watching through the mm-hmm. walls. Um, yeah, so Mona's like left like staring out in the darkness, thinking about all this. We cut back to Hannah there in Mona's room pondering this then it occurs to her to like shake the book shake the Poe book and when she does it rattles <laughs> so she discovers that the top of the spine pops off and then she finds that she can use this like bu- like built in like bookmark ribbon to kind of pull the contents out of the spine's hidden compartment and in there she finds a, a little mini audio tape very similar to the ones that they liberated from Radley yeah, in the episode that Mona min- passed a little mini cassette so she takes it mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit yeah so outside we see like Hannah rush into her car she gets in starts the car drives off and then as she passes we see another car parked there on the street comes to life and starts to follow her and if you're looking closely, you can see that this car has one of those uh, like lights mounted on mm-hmm. the, the front. Uh, this is a cop car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Hannah's being followed. Meanwhile, Arya is writing in her feelings journal. That's a real thing that's happening. Furiously writing in her feelings journal. All work and no play. So oh. I, I like screen capped and rotated this. What I could make out of it, it sounds like first she's talking about the Ezra situation and how she wants to talk to her mom about it, but her mom's too distracted. And then she like turns to discussing Mike, but you can't really see what she's writing about him. Uh, I love that Arya has a Matryoshka doll in the corner. Arya uh, has a geometry book here. Like, is she is she actually in geometry as a senior? No wonder you didn't get any colleges, you dunce. <laughs> Arya hears a dorm slam somewhere else in the Montgomery Manor, so she gets up. She opens her door a crack in the hallway. She can see Magic Mike putting on his coat, like getting ready to go out. We get the classic Arya eye narrow. Yes, and the, the squint, her the patented thing, move. The only thing that would have made this all this little sequence better is if the Arya shot was like through a keyhole. But I love that she caught Magic Mike at that moment where not only has he just put on the coat, but he does that like tug move to straighten it. Well, it's, yeah, it's a little, uh, you know, kind of adjust it. Yeah, it, it just like it just on its own, it just makes him look a little douchier since he's already the kind of suspect. Uh, so Arya ponders this for half a second, then goes and grabs her own coat because Arya's going out tonight follow her little brother <laughs> she's like i could have tried to talk to him but instead i'll just stalk him yeah uh so we go back to the brew johnny is like done with his like art project thing he's made he closes the the lid on all these electronics yeah. we see that the top of the desk has these two kind of like metal like ring pads on it kind of like, like built-in coasters at first but like too small yeah they're a little too too uh narrow for that well he kind of does like this like Ta-da moment dispenser and ask what she thinks and she's just like is it finished and he's like of course it is can't you tell and she gives him this like look <laughs> like no you just asshole. like glare and he you says that's a very that's a very sour look be careful your face might freeze like that and it's like you know what johnny you should be honored to be favored with one of spencer's sour looks mm-hmm. uh, and she's like will you finally tell me what this thing does and he says sit down so she does and he says you see those two buttons put your elbows on them lean forward 
So she does. She puts her elbows on the little like med metal rings there. And he says, now cup your hands around your ears. And he kind of demonstrates. And she's like, you're kidding. And he says, I never kid. I'm whimsical, but I never kid. Ugh. Uh, so she puts her hands over her ears like a little chipmunk or something. And he says, stay there. And so he rushes away. And Spencer's like, this is ridiculous. So he goes over to that like plastic bubble thing that was like hanging from the suspended from the ceiling, like at the back of the brew. It's um, it's like to the side of the liar's nook, I believe. Mm-hmm. Slightly by the more... by the exit, like the back yeah. exit, and also like near the steps that would go up to Toby's abode. Well, you see, he's also added in like an old timey microphone mm-hmm. uh, to this like contraption here, and so he he switches this thing on, and like there's like you know blue neon lights in this like plastic bubble. It's like this little like sound booth basically, mm-hmm. and so he, he starts talking into the microphone, and Spencer, we can kind of hear. And the, you know, distorted audio quality is Spencer can hear him at the desk. And he says, the owl and the pussycat went to the sea in a beautiful pea green boat. And Spencer laughs. She's impressed. It's like magic. Yeah. Her laugh, I mean, not this thing. Uh, and Johnny says, <laughs> the microphone is attached to a pair of sound drivers in the table, like the inside of a speaker. Whenever you rest your elbows on the buttons, the drivers vibrate the ulna and the radius in each arm in the bones in your hands, turning them into headphones. You just became a human tuning fork. And Spencer's just like, oh my god. Like, she loves this. And he says, what do you think? It's not bad for $200, right? And she's like, I like how she opens up the desk to, like, check the electronics to verify. And she's (laughs) like, that's incredible. And he says, people turn on the microphone and honestly record any secret they want to with the understanding that someone, a stranger, is going to sit at this table and listen to a random whisper. And it's like, it's, wow, it's it's like you built a machine specifically for A to terrorize the liars with. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how this will come back to haunt them in the future. It's like small town creepy, this American life is about to be recorded for $200 in mm-hmm. this asshole coffee shop. Yeah, Spencer thinks it's brilliant and genius. And Johnny says that it's just anatomy and applied engineering. And she's just like, Johnny? And he's like, yeah, come to think of it, it is genius. It's so not she, that genius. She asks where he came up with the idea, and I want him to say, like, the internet. Yeah. But he says, I was inspired by Rosewood. Spencer's face just, like, falls here. She's like, by Rosewood? Mm-hmm. And he says, this whole town is strung together with whispers. It's basically made of secrets. Spencer's so nonplussed. Yeah. And he says, if you're really impressed, you'd buy me coffee. And Spencer's like, oh, right, your ass is poor. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I said, I feel like he has way too specific of an opinion of this town for having only moved back and having read a few newspapers. He's he's been there, what, like three weeks? Yeah. I mean, granted, he doesn't have a job, so I guess he has a a lot of time to kill. But we don't even know that he was there three weeks ago when, uh, like, Allison was arrested. We just know that he was there like a week ago (laughs) when the coffee shop opened. He's only been living in like the barn for like less than a week. Uh, So Caleb's apartment, uh, Caleb's like getting shit out to play that mini tape and he says i thought you said allison cleared all the rally material out of mona's house and hannah says that's what they thought but mona hid this one and didn't keep up the others and he's like they're, well let's find out why they're really just contorting themselves into like possible explanations for how Allie can still be the killer even yeah. though all this new shit has come to light yeah uh so he puts the tape he puts the tape in the tape player presses oh, do, you, play. do you have the dialogue for this uh i think i do it's bethany young it's that same yeah. recurring vocal actress who did the tape last time you want to do it uh i'll be the doctor okay she's a bitch let's try to find other words she's an evil bitch bethany i don't mean nasty or rude i mean evil without a soul you could be the nicest person in the world and she gets them to do whatever she wants five minutes i've heard you drown a bag of kids if she asks two minutes if you're a man if you're having destructive thoughts 
No, not destructive. Self-defense. It's me or her. She's not the only one who can make plans. And then we hear like a thud on the tape and Caleb stops it. And he's like, what the hell was that? And Hannah says, that was Bethany. And she's talking about Allison, right? And it's like, given how we know the show operates, isn't it like extremely unlikely that she's actually talking about Allison? I don't know. Like, it doesn't, it's, it seems like she has to be talking about someone else and like this is a misdirect. Well, so they kind of zoom in to show you like the, the spinning wheels of this old mm-hmm. analog tape being rewound. I, I really wonder, like, I feel like to me that's like the show's like visual language telling you like, yes, in future episodes, we will come back to this single tape. The only thing you really have to work on is the previous glimpse into what this tape holds was the line. I, I'm wondering if it's like mother, like daughter. True. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, that, that could be part of the also been, could have been Cece. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so Caleb's like, well, let's listen to the whole thing. Or he starts rewinding it. Yeah. So they cut to, cut to the swamps of Torch Lake. No, this isn't Torch Lake. Is this Torch Lake? This is almost this, exactly the same. Like this kind is the of same. Area. This is the same filming location as Torch Lake because they they film everything that involves water at this location. But this is not Torch Lake. It's a totally different uh, dock here. Um, I don't know. It's. I mean, we don't know that it's not Torch Lake. I'll put it that way. Different dock. Yes. I feel pretty confident that this isn't, like, out in front of Hector's place. No, no, but I mean Torch Lake. We don't know how big it is. I think Spencer's grandmother's lake house is also somewhere on Torch Lake. I'm, I'm saying Torch Lake could be quite is large. Is Torch Lake even a real lake? I highly doubt yeah. it. But this is obviously, right, not the same dock where Spencer and Melissa had their face-off, T-t-t- if you will. Yeah. Uh, Magic Mike Montgomery is here right now. He's uh, standing next to a green line at the end of the dock. Mm-hmm. He's getting all Gatsby on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this location is interesting because there are lots of other lights, like in the periphery. Um, it's like, it's definitely like dressed up differently than it was before. It's kind of a cool, you know, set, like the lighting bouncing off the, uh, the water is really cool. Like rippling over his face. It's effectively creepy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's like, Mike's just like waiting around. Like he's waiting for someone. Um, neat shot where the camera like slowly pulls back he takes out like a looks like a bag of candy from his jacket mm-hmm. and it's like he's you know he's not gonna wait anymore he just puts this bag on the like dock railing and, and walks off right and of course this is done in a long shot and we see that on the side of the frame Arya's watching she turns around and like oh, what is that the classic uh, Arya Einar for yeah. just a moment there I got another hint of uh, the visual style of Strangers on a Train, mm. um, which I thought was funny because uh, no one here can love or understand me, obviously, is the movie where Arya watches that. <laughs> or the episode where she watches that. Yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm sure that's a, probably somewhat intentional. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's another fun thing about Joseph Doherty directing this episode is they, they can get really creative with some of the shot selection here. It's not it's not your standard you know, shots interesting like suddenly that aria just turns around and like the front of the frame you didn't realize that was her yeah um so she you know mike's walked off she's gonna walk right over there and investigate what this is so she walks out on the dock and looking like a mob floozy uh mm-hmm. with her like sheer you know cheetah print and she finds the, this bag of candy left it appears to be like i don't know like some sour gumdrops or something mm-hmm. uh, and she picks it up and she looks at it and like huh that's weird and uh she, you know, just sets it back down like she doesn't know what to make of it. And then she turns and looks up and is like startled. 
because there's Mike. He's standing at the other end of the pier. It's like arms around the rails. He's just watching her. Well, his body language is more than a little bit threatening. And then he, to make this, it worse, he stands up straight and does this weird mafioso hand thing. <laughs> like he just like folds his hands in front of him. You know, there's something about that cut to him just like watching her that I, I don't know if you made this connection. I feel like you might have. Like uh, Obi-Wan when he's watching Anakin. In Revenge oh, I, of the Sith. I, I had it in my my head the whole time that I wanted you to cut this scene at the dialogue from that, where <laughs> Arya is just like, "You were my brother." <laughs> I mean that that might be brother. the best the best cut Lucas makes in the entire prequel trilogy when Anakin's ranting and raving, and then he looks up and we see that Obi Wan's been watching the whole time, oh, just yeah. like standing in the, at the uh, top of the stairs. Yeah, that's yeah. my that is my absolute favorite moment in Revenge of the Sith, or maybe in almost the entire prequels, followed by Anakin, you're breaking my heart. That is not my favorite moment. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, Mike here, he's standing the same way, where like suddenly Ari looks up and he's just there watching. You know, uh, like, how long has he been watching? We don't know. Like he's. He's hunched over a little bit like he's obviously blocking her exit, but he might also be about to gain momentum to like charge <laughs> at her. And then he does this weird like gangster pose where he puts his hands like in front of him like he's too calm, like almost like he's like covering his crotch. It just looks very sinister. Yeah. Well, then we, we go to commercial and then come back and it's like this long shot of the two of them facing off you know like 12 feet apart on this dock here they're just staring at each other like like they're about to like draw pistols and shoot each other or both ignite their red lightsabers mm -hmm. and mike's just like nice night and Ari says yeah it's getting kind of chilly though and he says why'd you follow me out here and Ari says why'd you visit allison in jail you did didn't you and he says that's none of your business and Ari says did you want to confront her about mona were you looking for some kind of closure and he just, like, shakes his head, like, rueful, like, Jesus, you know. And Ari says, Allie's dangerous, Mike. Even in a cage, she's really dangerous. Don't ever go back there again. And Mike says, nobody's giving me orders anymore. Hmm. Who was giving you orders? Hmm. Or maybe it's just, like, Arya, you're not giving me orders anymore. <laughs> so he gets right up in her face and he says, you stop following me. I don't ever want to see you out here again. And Arya's like, again? How many times have you been out here? How many trick-or-treat bags have you left? Who are you leaving these for? And he just, like, stares her down. He's like, be careful going home through the woods. Walks off. Mm -hmm. And Ari's like, well, that was a disaster. Yeah. Watch out for the big bad wolf, Ari. Standing by the green light. Yeah, then at Arya. At the end of the dock. Looks around to see if anybody was watching them. And then, you know, uh, then they beat on. Boats against the current. Born back ceaselessly, ceaselessly into the past. Like, uh, Arya, like, looks around. Nobody's watching. She just, like, shoves that light into the lake. Yeah. I Fuck wonder, this light. like eat the candy uh yeah all we can say though is i don't know if it means anything but a has a sweet tooth as we've established yeah i don't think it means anything I, I i feel like the what the writers are like communicating to the the back of the room is that like hey guys mike's acting suspicious now and he's leaving candy i wonder who it's for yeah. when it seems like the more likely explanation for this is like Maybe Mike and Mona had a special moment out here, you know, like she she bent him over the rails and motorboated his asshole or something. What you're saying. Yeah. 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 I don't think he's leaving candy for the weird old hermit that might be Mona or whatever who's hiding out there. Um, so we go to Spencer's kitchen or Ryan was like sitting at the island counter, papers all laid out, doing lawyer stuff. Spencer comes in. They exchange hello. Spencer asks, like, why she's working out here, especially when she could use the den. And Veronica says, you know, that was basically Peter's space, Spencer's father's space. Uh, she doesn't want to, like, she doesn't feel comfortable working in there. Spencer. 
That's right. Women don't feel comfortable in here. <laughs> so she starts to walk off. Veronica asks where Spencer was. And Spencer says she was just helping out Johnny at the brew. And Veronica's just like, I'm starting to have second thoughts about him. Us about too, Mrs. H. Time. Mm-hmm. Spencer's like, don't. I really like the way his mind works. And He's Veronica, basically Eddie Haskell of Asperger's. Come on. Veronica says, I hate to see young people like that squander their potential. Spencer says, I don't think Johnny sees it that way. And she's like, smile. She's like, talking to him. Is that what has he thinking about not going to college? She's like, Mom, I'm not not thinking about going to college, okay? I'm just thinking. And Veronica says, Spencer, your future won't wait. That's deep. Spencer says, do you remember what you wanted to do with your life when you were my age? Veronica says, I just wanted to get high and chill with your father in his awesome car. <laughs> well, it's like Veronica stops to consider, and Spencer's like, and don't say be a lawyer. And Veronica just, she kind of smiles and sighs, and she says, I did not want to be a lawyer. Spencer says, then please, just do me a favor and try for like 10 seconds. Just try to remember what that felt like. And Veronica stands up, and I it really felt like we were about to just get like an awesome Veronica moment here. Mm-hmm. But then her fucking phone rings. And I was yeah. like really disappointed. I was like, man, I'll bet she had like some great like knowledge to drop on Spencer right here. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she answers the phone. She says, yes, Ralph. Uh, is that like Allie's lawyer? Maybe <laughs> who the fuck's yeah. Ralph? Well, like I wondered, wondered like because remember, Spencer had a a defense team that was not Veronica. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder if these are like the same lawyers now. They're just representing Allie. Whatever happened to that guy? Like her intern, Veronica's intern. She just fired that guy. Remember, she had an intern, and I think she had a partner too. At least at her Rosewood office. Yeah, she does have a partner. Um. Uh, but anyways. Yeah, Spencer starts to walk away, and Veronica's like, Spencer, wait. And Spencer stops, and back on the phone, Veronica says, yeah, it'll have an impact. I just don't know what. Okay, thank you. And she hangs up and says, there's been a leak from the prosecutor's office. Spencer says, what kind of leak? Veronica says, they're still analyzing the contents of the barrel from the storage space. But they have a match on the blood spots. Spencer says, Mona's blood? Veronica says, no, Allison's. So I was just like, oh, shit. Hmm. Allison's. I mean, how long are they going to continue to believe that Allison is a killer? Like, it's wouldn't it seem really unlikely that, like, magically, like, two drops of her blood showed up there? Yeah. Like, it seems like it would clearly be planted. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that whole place was cleaned out when they when they went back to it. But, like, oh, there just happened to be two spots of Allie's blood on the floor. Okay. Just... Imagine, if you will, for a moment. Um, it wasn't that blood, like, still kind of wet, too. It, at least one drop looked, well, I don't know. It looked like it was definitely dried. Hmm. But, like, who knows how long it had been there. Um, I can't remember the name of that movie starring Millie Jovovich. But imagine the flashback scene where, like, Nick or uh, Sid and Nancy, like, kill the real, like, young Peter and Veronica Hastings and, like, assume their identities and then, like, 20 years later, they have a family of two daughters and they've taken over like their, their like law practice. <laughs> um, their deep, dark casing secret, which is why they're always like working to keep the cops away. Exactly. Exactly. They don't want to be found out. Um, so on the road somewhere in the middle of nowhere, buckle up folks, Hannah's driving. And then she hears like the siren of a cop car behind her and sees the flashing red light. So she sighs, pulls over lots of great eye rolls here. She pulls out her pocketbook to get out her ID. And then she realizes the cop hasn't gotten up to her window yet. So she looks back. It's not like a black and white cop car, like a patrol car. She sees that the cop car behind her seems to be empty, which is odd. So she gets out. And, like, because Hannah's watched PLL before, she gets out and grabs her tire iron 
<laughs> brandishing that, walks up to the cop car, peeks inside, it's empty, and then... Well, you should mention, Hannah's been, like, blasting some, like, pop punk on her radio, so that's kind of playing in the background here. Oh, uh, yeah, where the, the repeated line is, like, put your hands in the air, throw your hands in the air, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then suddenly, as she puts her hand on top of the, the top of the car to, like, look into the cab, someone grabs her hand and holds it there. Oh, shit, it's Holbrook. Oh, shit. Hello, Hannah. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, grabbing her hand, keeping on the car roof. It's dark Holbrook. Uh, and Hannah's breathing hard. And he's, like, right up in her face. And Hannah's like, they suspended you. Why do you have this car? And he says, I haven't gotten around to turn it in. You gonna report me? I might get in trouble for that. He seems, like, deranged. Mild, mildly unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Like, he could be crazier. I'll put it that way. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, yeah, you know, I might get in trouble for that. And Hannah says, let go of me now. And she tries to jerk away, but he's not letting go. And he says... I just wanted to ask you a question first. How does a girl like Allison become a girl like Allison? Hmm. What a question. I hmm. think Holbrook is drunk. <laughs> uh, and Hannah says, she's had years of practice. What a wonderful line. Hmm. And he says, I had a career. Start a one. I don't have that anymore. I'm finished because of her. Well, he, he grabs her hand using the tire iron, too. And Hannah, like, she drops some logic there. You could have said no. You didn't have to do her dirty work. Clean out all that junk in the storage space. Trying to kill Spencer, Arya, and Caleb. <laughs> Most importantly, Caleb. Yeah. And he's just like, nah, you're getting me mixed up with the wrong fall guy. I spent the last few weeks locked up in a hotel room with a couple old timers from internal affairs. And Hannah sighs. And he's like, you don't believe me? Ask Tanner. Tanner knows everything. And Hannah's just like, wait a minute. Holbrook's like, she cut me off. <laughs> now, is he saying that Tanner cut him off or that it, Allie cut him off? We don't know. And Hannah's just like, when? And Holbrook's just like, did Allison tell you to kiss me? Oh, she did, didn't she? Um, Man, you're your horrible price. It's not on point. No, it's not. It's not on fleek. Uh, mm -hmm. He he loosens his grip here and starts to hold her face near her mouth. Like maybe he's going to like just like try to like, like give her some tongue. And that's when Hannah strikes, like whacking him with that tire iron, like in the arm, I think, the other arm. Yeah. And Hannah says, you don't get to play the victim here. You're the grown up police officer. She's just a girl. Hannah married for president. Exactly. And Hannah says, if Allie really did cut you off, congratulations. You don't know how lucky you are. And she just leaves this asshole like whimpering and holding his arm. And she like stomps back to her car. She gets in and drives away. And uh, her hand is like shaking. Yeah. Uh, but she, she masters it, you know? She mm -hmm. grits the wheel again. She tries on, and it's a really awesome shot of just her eyes through the rearview mirror as she's mm -hmm. driving on. It's, and this is everyone's like, oh shit, Hannah's A, but it almost, it just feels too obvious. Well, in the, the song that I, I don't really like asks the eternal question of, are you a rebel? Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, just that moment where she's like, you don't get to play the victim here. You're the current police officer. She's just a girl. This is like, you know, before she didn't know how to deal with like Zach's like sudden like you know unwanted, mm -hmm. uh, you know attentions and and whatnot. Now she does. You know, she just like beats the shit out of uh, Holbrook here. Well, I I was listening to like the uh, the roundtable not long ago again, and I think you brought up the point that uh, Zach was a special case of Rosewood males at the like, time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is a great moment, but well, I mean. I have a, a few thoughts here. Um, number one, 
it seems like Hannah's powers are increasing at like a geometric rate. Oh yeah, I don't know if the 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 universe is prepared for this kind of power increase. Well, and it it like the the rest of the liars at one point or other in the episode have been caught like flummoxed and mm-hmm. like and, like not knowing how to respond. But Hannah is like completely in control, mm-hmm. and it's like she's just leaving the other liars in the dust right now. Mm-hmm. Like she was the first one to kind of like work shit out about Allie and like her grief and whatnot. Right. And like it's like now that she's gotten through the dark Hannah saga, it's like she's transcended the angst that plagues these other liars. Like she's just like on a higher level right now. Mm-hmm. She's she's the black swan, basically, you know? Like it's like she's just completely unlocked all of her potential. Would you say God mode? Yes. God mode Hannah? Uh yeah, my my second thought here is Holbrook. Mm-hmm. It's funny how every time I kind of like a male character on the show, they end up being totally sleazy. Yeah, you're like the kiss of death. I know, and yet Pastor fucking Ted, he still walks the earth. Because you don't like him. <sighs> That's the problem. I mean, Holbrook, he's he's probably scummy. But is it possible that this is all a setup? Because oh, in, the, in the last episode, Toby tells Tanner, like, all, all the information they kind of get kind of, like, confirmed in this episode is stuff that Toby told Tanner. He right. told Tanner about the lie detector test and about how, how uh, Holbrook kissed Allie. And, and now suddenly it's like, hey, there's confirmation of all that and what a scummy guy Holbrook is. Or maybe he's just very publicly and noticeably like reacting like this in order to, I don't know, provoke a, a certain response out of the liars. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think the thing is, is that Tanner, that's why she keeps Toby close. Um, because Hannah she... did just mention the the storage bin and, and all that. Now she she offered up information that they wouldn't have had. Right, and this has kind of been shown to be the Tanner and Holbrook move before. Well, the way whole... back when they first appeared on the show, Tanner was like, "Don't make me, you know, regret, regret picking, picking you." you. Yeah. Like it's like she picked him for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, like even even if that's not the case, if it isn't a setup. It seems like they they obviously have something wrong about Allie's connection to Holbrook. We just don't know what exactly. Mm-hmm. Like who who is setting up Holbrook in that case? Did Allie set him up? Did Tanner set him up? Has right. he has he been doing anything for Allie at all? Like what what exactly went down for him to have like had this fall from grace? Well, like where we... where is he coming from? Because the things he says are really strange. Like why would he ask if Allison told Hannah to kiss him? Like yeah. where you know what what would make him think that like even if he is a sleazy guy like he would he would be thinking that for some sort of reason like he'd been set up by Allie or something well he's still like a nicer version of Wilden even if he is sleazy but like for all we know because we didn't really see like in the text that that moment in the Christmas special it still was obstructed Mm -hmm. for all we know he tried to kiss her and she pushed him back or something you know what I mean but yeah I really feel like Tanner is using Toby as the official sanctioned mouthpiece of the mm-hmm. liars. Toby's the guy who's like giving away their chess moves. And so Tanner's like, oh, you think Holbrook is the guy? I'll bring Holbrook back in yeah. and have him play up exactly what you think he is. But like, you know, you revealed to be more pathetic. Maybe you'll think you can use him. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a really solid theory. Or. Holbrook may be like dirty, but like in a different way than what the liars think. Like there's whatever the liars think right now. I think that they they don't have it correct. There's an alternate explanation for what Holbrook's been up to that mm-hmm. they don't know. Right. Well, it's 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 an interesting time too because 
it's like possibly we're dealing with two male red herrings here, mm-hmm. Magic Mike and Holbrook, and yeah. they have the exact same haircut. Well, and it's they've traded off one for the other. You yeah. know, yeah, it's like now now Holbrook's out of the uh, the henchman suspicion, and and Magic Mike has taken his place. Right. So after the commercial, we're in the rear window brew. It's like after hours. Uh, Emily walks out of the back. She's surprised to see that Talia's still there. It's like just Talia standing there, staring at Johnny's contraption. Uh, Emily comes up to her, says. Oh, I thought you left. And Talia's like, oh, I was just looking at this. Do you know what it's supposed to do? And Emily says, Johnny said it was about catching whispers. And Talia's like, I wonder how it works. I have to wonder if Talia knows and is just trying to create a moment. Yeah, I mean, I think she's inviting a conversation because Emily says, he told me, I can show you. Or, I'm sorry, I can show you? And Talia's like, yes. And she kind of laughs and Emily laughs and Emily says, okay, sit down. So... Emily kind of guides her into the, you know, assuming the position here, you know, put your elbows here, lean forward, cup your hands. Okay, stay like that. So she walks over to the little, like, sound bubble area, clears her throat, and she talks in the mic. She says, it works like this. And we can kind of hear her, like, distorted voice coming over to Talia. Uh, I say something in here, and it travels up the bones in your arms and into your ears, like I was right next to you, whispering. Sexed. We seduce each other through old-timey microphones and hipster tweaker art projects that vibrate through our bones. Yeah, she says, I should have said something about that night, but I didn't. And we kind of see a shot of Tally here. Tally looks, she looks very emotional and suddenly, like, much younger. Yeah. uh, Anley says, I guess I was surprised. I've been thinking about it ever since, about what you said. It's like you were asking me to decide something right then, and I couldn't do that. I mean... You don't really know anything about me, and I don't know anything about you, except I know you're good at what you do, really gifted. I know that sometimes that makes things lonely. I know what that's like, to be alone, to be lonely. What a fucking downer, Emily. <laughs> she looks over at Talia and kind of like leaves the sound bubble. Talia looks just like emotionally wrung out here. I, but I also wanted her to be like, did you say anything? I couldn't hear you at all. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, like she looks just like beaten up oh i i have a a speculation about this that i'll get to in just a little bit because emily she comes over kind of struts over and says maybe i read too much into situ- maybe i read too much into situations and, and what people say which would make sense after being hunted by a cyber bullet mm-hmm. goes into for two years yeah and tally says i don't think so i think you're a very good judge of a situation and emily says so the other night and talia says that other night it took all the courage i had to say what i did Emily says, I don't believe that. And Talia says, a chef once told me to cook with the confidence of experience, even if you don't have much of either. So here's my theory. Hmm. Could be totally wrong. Is it possible that when Talia told Emily she was into her, that Talia wasn't out yet? Oh, quite possibly. Like, because the way Talia's acting, it's like maybe she's never had a girlfriend before. Well, like, I would throw out again that, like, I think Emily's going to be the page of this relationship. No, I don't, I don't, I don't see that, at least in the dynamic that I'm suggesting here, because okay. it, it's, Tally is not the confident one here. She's act, like, she's basically saying, like, I was projecting confidence. I actually have no experience is basically what her metaphor is saying. So, like, maybe so, she actually doesn't, you know, so like. What you're positing is that the, like, over-sexualized objectifying of, like, Ezra's, you know, big juicy ass there is her putting out the accustomed role of the heterosexual girl well no i i I think she was you know fishing to see where emily stood like she said i just think that 
Talia is projecting a, a confidence here and like being like, you know, straightforward with Emily, but perhaps she actually like has never had a girlfriend before. And that was like much more her putting herself out there than like Emily assumed, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, Emily is just like, man, bitches hit on me all the time. What's the big deal? I, w- I would like that. I think that'd be really interesting. I mean, because the notes I had leading up to this was that, you know, Talia has these weird pauses, much like she's Ian Harding. Uh, she looks traumatized here. The the joking note that I put is that in that one moment, she looks like she's already been dating Emily for two seasons and not two seconds. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about the, especially that metaphor about, you know, experience and confidence and how that was like, you know, all the courage she had. It's like, I think she's, she's projected this very professional, more adult air about her. But like, I think Emily read her right. And that's why she looks suddenly so vulnerable and like kind of, you know, small is that Emily actually has more experience here than Talia does. Yeah. And I, I, I like, I don't, I've seen a lot of people who, who dislike Talia and a lot of people who do like Talia. I, I read something from, uh, Heather who, who we interact with a lot on Twitter about how it was nice to see this relationship. And I thought it was a very interesting perspective. Um, from the get go, I don't dislike Talia at all. I actually like her. Um, I don't think that she's going to be like around for the long haul, obviously. Um, well, you never know, but, uh, I mean, sometimes they bring on actors for, you know, a handful of episodes and see how the chemistry is and I, but know, I take mean, it from, from there. this, this scene, I think this scene is well produced and written, especially where it goes. We'll say where it goes here. Ty gets up her coat, you know, she's a little, little embarrassed. Maybe she says it's late. She heads to the door. Emily goes after her, like stops her, pulls her in for a kiss. They kind of ponder it and then Talia pulls Emily back and they start like, you know, gently making out there. Um, it just, it, it amazes me though, because you have this scene which may go like a thud and then somewhat of a vacuum because you have like the Paley Emerson civil war. <laughs> like, I don't know. I wonder where, where they fall with this though. I'm sure they, they both just hate her for interloping. You know? Your Paley anchors and your, your Emerson. I don't know. Jobs. I'm, I'm digging it. Like, I am pretty sick of like, you know, Spencer and Toby, Arya and Ezra. Like, oh, yeah, if, I think it's never change it, up. It's like we've been stuck in some of these relationships for so long. And I'm, I'm not really a shipper other than like Hannah and Mona. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, so new blood's nice. Well, and, I, and, I like, and they're teenagers, I think, you know, I mean, it's yeah. it's not that uncommon for them to date a lot. I like how they progressed it, but yeah, I, it's not even that I that I dislike Spoby or that I really oh I dislike Spoby or that I really super dislike Ezra. Well, you know what, you're right because certain <laughs> actions that, that Ezra and Toby have taken, I, I still can't get over. Or it's not that I I dislike Halo at all, but it's like yeah, I would like more variety just for the life of the TV show as it progresses. Um, yeah, keep things fresh. Yeah, uh, so we got to Spencer's bedroom. Uh, Spencer and Hannah are like they're gathered. Arya walks in for phone out. Hannah asks, "Where's Emily?" And Arya's like, "I don't know. Her phone's still going Getting to straight to voicemail." Yeah, she's in the bone zone. Uh, Spencer's like, "Are you sure about this?" And Hannah's like, "You guys, Holbert doesn't know half the stuff we thought he did. We've been barking up the wrong henchman." Um, so Spencer's like, "Somebody else has been helping Allie," and Arya's like, "Yeah, somebody we don't know." And Hannah's like, "Or somebody we'd never suspect." And she says it right to Arya. <laughs> Arya just like glares hatred at Hannah and she she like turns away to sulk and like big sigh from Spencer in the background it's just like knew this wouldn't be easy and Spencer's like Arya we all know what Ali's capable of and Arya says yeah okay and I know my brother and Hannah says says, he went to jail you know to see her in jail and he won't tell you why like he's like required to or something like even though the, the, the most likely explanation would be he's just grieving but like 
Mikey is not allowed to have agency. Unless no. Arya is like, okay, then, signed off on it. Yeah, so Spencer says, and what if he goes back? Uh, what if he's the way she's been moving stuff around? And Arya says, he's not going to go back. And Spencer's like, how can you be sure? And Arya says, because I told him not to. Case closed. He's like, oh, <laughs> never everyone, mind. Everyone go home. I like Hannah just turns back to Spencer. It's just like, uh, it's not even, it's pointless talking to Arya at this point. I'm just going to talk to Spencer. I'm not even going to waste a zinger on you right now, Arya. Yeah. And she talks to Spencer and says, that stuff that Bethany was saying on the tape about other people making plans, what does that mean? And Spencer says, it means that what happened in Allie's backyard was a trap. And Arya's like, okay, but who set the trap for who? Hmm. Hmm. They ponder this as Spencer plays the tape again. As the tape plays, we kind of dissolve through the, uh, you know, women's correctional facility in Chester County. Mm-hmm. We hear Bethany saying, she's a bitch. Uh, doctor says, let's try to find other words. She's an evil bitch. Bethany. And we see that, uh, Mike Montgomery there, he's signing in at the counter again. This is like the next day. Probably, yeah. Because he's signing in at 1130. Yeah. Bethany says, I don't mean nasty or rude. I mean evil without a soul. You could be the nicest person in the world. Uh, she gets them to do whatever she wants. Five minutes with her, you'd drown a bag of kittens if, you, if she asked. Two minutes if you're a man. And the doctor says, if you're having destructive thoughts. And Bethany says, not destructive, self-defense. It's me or her. She's not the only one who can make plans. And we see Mike like walking into the, the jail area there, past the sign-in. Who is Bethany talking about? Well, I, I feel just, like it's it's either not Allie or you think it's Allie, but like who she thought was Allie was Cece or something like that. Right. Uh, I like the way that, that uh, an offhand comment from Johnny and with the whole whole like uh, uh, Holbrook thing. I almost said whole building thing. Mm-hmm. It's this question of of how does Allison become who she is? How does she become Gilgamesh in high heels? But also like how is it exactly that she turns people as we sit here and ponder the potential red herring of, of Mike is in this this mm-hmm. scope of being brainwashed into being her her minion? Well, I kind of wonder if that's actually what's going on or if Allie has just constructed like a legend around her to get people thinking that because that's the kind of thing she would do as well mm-hmm. you know she knows the power of her reputation yeah exactly um they're really framing this episode up in a way that i feel like you could easily do a nice framing story in the next episode built around the contents of what else is on that tape mm-hmm. um so you get the a tag uh a, the next day, it's daytime. At least it's daytime. It's the next day. A lets himself in Mona's room. We see all, like a lot of Mona's dolls. All show. those fucking creepy dolls watching. A goes right to the Poe book, picks it up, uh, pulls out that bookmark ribbon, the false top of the spine falls off. A shakes the book upside down, and only this like small little piece of paper falls out with no tape. Uh, a gets frustrated and slams the book down so hard that one of those dolls falls over. So it would seem that at least for now, Hannah is a step ahead of A. Mm-hmm. And I guess we were going to say, if Hannah's A, then what is she doing right now? You know, yeah. unless there's helpers or, or, you know, multiple A's. Right. Uh, and the next episode is the Scottish episode. Out, dance spot. Uh, I don't have it pulled up right now, but who writes that? Um, the answer to that question is... Waiting for the page to load. Live Brass. Live Brass. Okay, who directs it? Um, I don't want to mispronounce the director's name. Uh, I'm gonna say it's oh, Zinga it's, Stewart. Yeah, yeah, Zinga Stewart. I think who, yeah. who just had a uh, a movie on Lifetime. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, so that was no one, or I'm sorry, I was going to say no one here can love or understand me. That was not no one here can love or understand me. That was, oh, what hard luck stories they all hand me. Which I think that's, those are, that's Holbrook handing his hard luck stories to Hannah, right? That seems like the most accurate reference. I would think so. I was always kind of wondering, like, what was the, because I, I felt like there should be some kind of. Is there of, a like, Melissa connection? There should be like a tenuous connection between the two episodes. And I think we think it's Melissa, but I think it's probably just Bethany Young. So, like, I kind of wonder if yeah. we're going to get, like, a, a flashback or something later in the season, wh- which has to do with Bethany Young or something like that, and, like, Bye Bye Blackbird will be playing. And it's just, like, that kind of connection for people who are paying attention. Mm-hmm. I'm reading on the wiki that in the book series, Spencer played Lady Macbeth in a, a play or something. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so that was the episode. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this might be my favorite of 5b so far oh yeah this is a great um, i just i love it when pll gets moody and artistic uh i really wish like you could just imagine if this show was like a 13 episode season instead mm-hmm. of i mean like the production schedule they have has got to be insane like if they had time to like kind of dig in like they do on these episodes occasionally the show could be fascinating but yeah it's also nice to get shitloads of episodes too yeah um so if you want to get in contact with us, uh, we are on Twitter at broswatchpll2. If you go to our website page, which is broswatchpll2.com, you can leave a, a longer comment on the uh, the posts for each of the episodes. Also, if you happen to be looking for like the oldest episodes, we've actually done everything since the pilot. You, that doesn't all show up in iTunes, but they are on our website page. If you uh, want to go find like you know it's, episodes like one through fifteen now, I think you can only get from the web page. Uh, yeah so those are there uh, as well. uh i had asked in the last episode for people's ideas on senior quotes i got a couple i really like some of the ones that sarah had put on in the comments on the website page um just some good ones plus she eventually came back with emily says you might have heard i killed a guy and arias was <laughs> ditto uh <laughs> tiffany emailed us a couple of good ones i really like that she had a, a simone Beauvoir uh quote for aria uh, on the Twitter, we got a nice mention from Daniel Vega, who wrote a novel called The Merciless, which I, Marlene King, spent her summer vacation writing the screenplay adaption for. Interesting. Um, <laughs> we were, uh, oh, I want to thank Shay for sharing her picture with, from meeting Keegan Allen with us. Um, that, that's just amazing. Like, yeah. What, what, what's it like meeting Keegan Allen in real life? Like, what, what is his vibe? Is he as facey as Toby is? Was there, uh, uh, an exorbitant amount of like hand acting. Did he like mm-hmm. paint a picture of his hands and then sign something? Um, like I said, got some nice long emails from Shannon who agreed to that Mona's probably still alive. She had some theories about scenes we've already seen, but they like, recontextualized as Ari and Ezra being even more of a power couple. <laughs> like a power couple. Uh, we were uh, asked, I, I just want to see Ari and Ezra go full goth. I want, I want Ezra to wear like a, like a dog uh, collar. Guideliner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my playroom. <laughs> like for xbox and stuff uh we were asked to read lines from frozen and nola north's voice um i don't know a single line from frozen hey spencer do you want to build a snowman it doesn't have to be a snowman <laughs> we could always hide a body that's all i can think of um <laughs> yeah uh we got a new review on itunes so thank you so much for that yeah thanks to taylor uh if you like the podcast you can leave us a review on itunes we appreciate that uh, yeah, Taylor uh, seems to be a big fan. She's on season three right now. Uh, she'll be sad when she's all caught up. I'm saying it's a she. I could be wrong. Sorry if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, thanks. We always appreciate hearing from people.
reviews on Twitter or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next week. See you then. Bye-bye.